And now, introducing two men who stayed up late last night watching and marveling at the feats of athleticism in one of baseball's most impressive spectacles. And is it truly a rite of passage to see such greats as Jojo Siwa, Brandon McManus, and Steve Aoki flail and run around on a toddler-sized softball diamond? Following his otherworldly home run derby performance, it was no coincidence that there was a steroid test and a foreign substance test for the person throwing Pete Alonzo his batting practice, as they insisted, quote, there's just no way anybody who isn't cheating can throw 6,000 baseballs in the same spot. They are not Glenn Clark. Uh, yeah, good morning. Uh, Glenn Clark Radio, Glenn Clarkless Radio, as I like to call it, a Tuesday edition of the program. Lots to discuss this morning as Baltimore's own Trey Mancini was front and center in a very entertaining home run derby that featured thousands of home runs hit by eight different baseball players, as well as putting wraps on the first half of the MLB draft, which I'm sure Plenty of Baltimore Orioles fans have their ire directed towards Mike Elias and company for a seemingly not drafting any high school players. They got one, for what it's worth. One. Um, and a few of the college guys qualify as somewhat overslot, potentially, with some leverage to return to college. But we'll Correct. talk about all of Correct. that as the show continues. Uh, this morning's show, we are broadcasting from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at Press Box. Today's show is brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. And coming up Sunday, July 25th, celebrate the return to training camp with a crab feast featuring Baltimore edge rusher Tyus Bowser at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. For only $108, I say only, that's a lot of money, but it's worth it. I tell you, you get $108, this will get you more than you've ever gotten for that amount of money. It'll get you a VIP ticket to the crab feast with Maryland steamed crabs, a buffet of Jimmy's Seafood favorites, uh, an open bar, yes, uh, and your VIP meet and greet and autograph opportunity with Tyus Bowser, all to benefit Casey Cares, and it cannot be missed. So get your tickets now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. Yes, uh, the main sports story last night was the home run derby, and um, it was. Impressive in a lot of different ways. Maybe not in the ways that a lot of people were expecting with Shohei Otani and Joey yeah. Gallo. I mean, Otani was still very impressive. Let's yes. I mean, just Soto was perhaps a little bit more, but that's not surprising either. He's incredible too. Um, Trey Mancini was, I mean, beyond impressive. I, I'm not sure I saw that coming, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought that it would going to be a fun story, him participating, but with the field that they had... And Trey Mancini not necessarily possessing what we would consider to be prodigious power, so we thought. So we thought. Uh, <laughs> I thought that it would be maybe, you know, him beating Matt Chapman in the first round felt like a great little story, and it, it felt like that was going to be as, as good of a story as we got. But he, I mean, continued benefiting from the bracket breakdown, not having to go against Alonzo or Soto in round two. But, um, I mean, he was damn good it was truly fun to see uh, a guy who we have grown to love as a human being as a baseball player and of course as an inspirational story go out there and just put on a showcase uh, and hit I don't know 59 I think was the final tally 59 home runs at Coors Field uh, some of which it's funny when they were like yeah you got to hit two home runs traveling 475 feet plus 
to earn the extra bonus time. I was like, how many people are really going to be able to yeah, do that? Yeah. Everybody, apparently. Everybody. Everybody. With with the with the non with <laughs> with the juiced baseballs and the course field. and the course field and and having the the air be as hot as it is, which is kind of rare for that sure. time of year. Uh, this time of year there, so. You know, it was it was fun. It was it was an entertaining. It seemed like because of the all all the home runs, it went on forever. But I have a few gripes with ESPN now. Due to the nature of the format, it's impossible to do what we would like to see and see where the balls travel and all of that. And and I was very annoyed that they didn't like they were showing it on the jumbotron, but they didn't show the distance. Of each home run. So they were just like mentioning, oh, that one went 480. And it was like, okay, great. We didn't see it land and we didn't know exactly. They were just a little, little ticker. Ticker would be a home run. Okay, I guess that one went out. So did you did you watch ESPN or ESPN two? Uh ESPN. Okay. ESPN two did all the things that you are complaining about. Okay. Because all the things you are complaining about, right away I was annoyed. As soon as they went to the split screen and are like, where are the balls going? Like, like right away, and they had ESPN2 had more of ball the path. statistics and the ball path and, exit velocity, and every exit velocity, yeah, launch angle, angle all that and stuff. they had every time a ball landed, like the nature of how they changed the rules where, where sure. the pitchers could pitch Although, so quickly. Although, if you want to talk to Darren Rovell. I know, uh, I know, but, but you know, which I don't. Um <laughs> Well, too bad. At ten, at ten, I should probably say what's coming up on the show. Give me a second, Casey. Okay. At 10.40 this morning, Nick Falaris from 2080Baseball.com will help us make sense of the Orioles' selections in the first 10 rounds of the draft. I say make sense because, let's be clear, nobody knows what they're talking about. He has a better idea than we do. I've done my best to read up on a handful of the prospects that have been drafted. There's definitely some interesting guys out there, and it's clear what the Orioles were prioritizing. Very clear. And so if you want to be upset that they haven't gone and drafted any high profile or didn't get Bubba, whatever his name is, I have the names here that none of them picked, right. uh, Will Taylor or Bubba Chandler, the Clemson guys, like, sure, I hear you. And it certainly looked fun to be a Pirates fan, getting the first overall pick and then the next two picks following up with very high upside yes. high school guys. Like, I can understand the emotion behind that side of things, but Mike Elias and company have been doing their due diligence for over a year to figure out, and they have their model, their system in place, to figure out what they're prioritizing and what's important to them. And clearly they like the guys they got. Now, there's still 10 more rounds for them to use the bonus pool and get some overslot guys, and we were told they're going to look into pitching extensively because they only drafted one pitcher. But um, we'll talk to Nick Falaris to get an idea of just who the Orioles have added to the system. And that's at 1040. At 1120, Speaking of players the Orioles added to the system, their second pick, the 41st overall pick, was East Carolina second baseman Connor Norby, who led all of college baseball in hits with 102 last season. Uh, he had a on or base uh, batting, that's what they call it, a batting average above 400. And if not for his freshman season with, I don't know, 30 summit bats, he would have finished with like a 412 batting average. In his career base, at East Carolina, six straight games at one point, no doubt. And you know, I read a little bit about him. Uh, yeah. Coach Nor uh, Connor Cliff, uh, Cliff Godwin, the head coach at East Carolina, is going to join us at eleven twenty. He, in his past, not as a head coach, but prior to that, was the coach of one DJ Lemayhew. 
Uh, he said that Connor Norby has the most impressive hit tool of any player he's ever coached. I don't know if you heard. DJ LeMahieu was the batting champ last yes. year. So uh, definitely some intrigue there. Uh, and at 1140, uh, the Orioles system already. Bowie Bay Sox outfielder Robert Newstrom will join us as he has been on a tear this season. In his last 28 games, he's OPSing north of 1,000. That's not bad. Nope. Uh, and he's putting it together. He's a lefty hitter from Iowa who... 2018 fifth-round pick. Indeed. Uh, and has seven home runs on the year, is is turning some heads. He's had two separate hit streaks of 10-plus games this year. Um, so definitely somebody who is... Uh, making people take note of his performance this year. And we talked about the Orioles' outfield depth in the system. I think he's pushing his way toward the top of guys to watch. Very impressive season yeah. so far. Excited to talk to him and uh, talk to him a little bit about just what's changed, how he's been, and uh, what's caused this uptick in production. And it's funny, I read an article about him as well. He talked about if I had been drafted out of high school, I don't think I would have been ready. So with the Orioles putting the emphasis that they are on mm -hmm. college bats, I think that just further uh, underscores – what they deem as the, maybe not predictability, but less volatility that has to come with a college bat versus a high school player. And, you know, we talk a lot about the timeline that the Orioles Correct. are operating under. And it's clear they, and they've said it themselves, are looking for guys that can move quickly through the system. So I'm excited to talk to our three guests this morning and uh, get their thoughts on just what's going on here in Baltimore and uh, what we can come to expect yeah. in the future. Yeah, so, but they, I mean, just one more thing with the, with, it was funny where, you know, you're tracking the draft. I mean, wasn't watching it, but I watched for as long as it was on TV, and for as I checked back in on the stream just to see who they picked. I think seventy six. But yeah, I was just right. I was just I was just checking, you know, Twitter or MLB dot com, and mm -hmm. as the as the ticker was going on, it's like, you know, one point I tweeted out, I was like, okay, here's the plan: outfield college bat, because it we went on a run where it was outfield college bat, outfield sure, co and. They're good college bats. I no mean, doubt. they're 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 all you know. You you read up a little bit about them, and the makeup is consistent bat to ball. No doubt, um, contact on base. Um, yeah. These are guys that clearly have an understanding of how to hit. There aren't a lot of guys that are you would be deemed as high risk, high reward type. Where it's like, oh, if this. That, that raw power is incredible, right, but, no. but yeah, you right. wonder whether or not the hit tool is going to play. There weren't really many of those guys. No, there, there were not. There were so not. it's certainly clear, and it's refreshing, I would say, to an extent, based on the Orioles' history and what they've put on the field as major league teams where it feels like on-base percentage was largely uh, secondary for a lot of my lifetime. So yes, yes. now there's, and we, you know, Mike Elias has said, there's an emphasis on scouting. And it's not just their, their playing and their makeup, but their, their mental makeup as well. So, you know, there's definitely some intriguing guides out there. Um, the Dante Williams from Arizona, John Rhodes from Kentucky, the 20-year-old who wouldn't have been eligible for this draft had it Correct. not been moved back to July. Right. He's right. probably somebody who has a bit more leverage to negotiate Correct. his bonus, but you know, they said that they expect to sign all the guys they've drafted. There's only one high schooler of the group, a catcher who certainly looks like a catcher, who evidently uh, hit three or four onto Utah Street in his workout here at Baltimore and was described as having prodigious power. 
by the Orioles scouting director. Um, no, some interesting names, and I'm excited to see what they do in the next 10 rounds because they s- presumably do still have some flexibility to work with. Um, and again, I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about these guys. No. And anybody who does is, is lying, but there's information to be gleaned, and you can draw some conclusions about what it is the Orioles favor, and they certainly had a plan when it came to the draft and when it's come to the three drafts that Mike Elias has been at the helm for. So we will see. We won't know until three or four years from now just how successful this draft was, but I'm never going to be upset about taking players who hit nearly 400 and walk more than they strike out. Correct. So there were a handful of those guys in this class, and, you know, yeah, I mean, their first five picks, really. I mean, you, you look, you know, you read ab- read about, you know, the, the paragraph, two-paragraph synopsis sure. of them, and it, it, they all share that same tool, which is, you know, they're putting bats on balls and, like you said, you know, good uh, plate discipline and things like that. So there's obviously, you know, you can say that the plan's not working, but there's obviously a plan. Yeah, I would like, say Rhodes is probably the only one that maybe deviates from that. He had a tough sophomore season I guess it was right. where he hit something like 240 and they were talking about on the broadcast that maybe he was prioritizing loft maybe more and changed a bit of his approach but as a freshman he hit over 400 and a somewhat small sample size but still it's clear that the tools are there for him and he's an intriguing prospect as well but we will pick the brain of Nick Falaris at 1040 to find out a little bit more about the type of prospects that the Orioles have added, who we should be maybe most excited about. And it's a reminder when watching the Home Run Derby last night that this isn't exactly a easy game where it's like, okay, a fifth-round pick you can write off. I mean, Trey Mancini was an eighth-round pick, and it's rare that those sort of guys develop into being all-star caliber players, but certainly not unheard of. And that's what makes the MLB draft so maybe odd and vague it's it's hard to have any real opinions in the days following. You just yeah. can't draw sweeping conclusions. It's easier for the Pirates and their fans to probably feel like they've won the lottery when they talk about adding, you know, who was it that they got? They got two guys that we had, Anthony Salamedo in their second round pick, and then they followed that up with uh, Bubba Chandler in the third round, and those are guys that have high ceilings, that were high school over-slot candidates, and so it's easy to feel like you've won the draft when you add guys that were exciting and enticing and have these high ceilings. But with high ceilings often come very low floors, and there's truly no guarantee these players will ever see the major leagues. Once upon a time, there was a fifth overall pick for the Royals named Bubba Starling, who I think was committed to play quarterback at Ole Miss and, you know, five-tool type player, and I'm not sure he ever saw the major leagues. Maybe for a maybe small for, taste. Maybe for a little bit. But, you know, we don't yeah. know about him now. No. So. Well, I mean, you, the the draft is, is full of those guys. You know, you look at the, the pitcher way back when from the Yankees, Taylor, that was a can't-miss kid. Um you know, never, never did anything high draft pick. Certainly, yeah, the they're, Orioles they're, have their. The Orioles have. Of those I was just well. going to yeah. say. I mean, the Orioles have those as well, and and all teams do. Uh, you know, it's it's 
you know, they always talk about you, you take it to the NFL that, you know, 50% of the first round picks, you know, are out of the league within three years. It's got to be higher percentage than that in the. Oh, there's no doubt. In the, well, in the in NFL, you're baseball. projecting to play in the pro level for the next year. It's right. probably easier to tell which ones are higher risk, high reward. Right. In baseball, there's going to be a two year minimum between the time they're drafted to the time that they'd be threatening the major leagues with the exception of some you know incredible players but now would any of these draft picks uh where would they go and play this year if they played would they would hard to it, say is it still Aberdeen or did they because well, I know they now the high a, they're right? now the high a so yeah. what's the so Delmarva half season a? is do they have a half season a anymore Delmarva's a ball um I think there's just like the Gulf Coast League okay. or Rookie Developmental League. Because that used to like be that. the fun part, you know, one, sure. even though Aberdeen is always fun because it's a great place to right. watch a game. That was always the cool part. You would see these guys pretty quickly, yeah. you know, pretty close to Well, that's how home. this works. It's like a, yeah. a week or two from now after they sign, they are going to be assigned to a team and yep. finish out the season and get some at-bats in 2021. Right. So you can see some of the returns early on and get a sense right. of maybe Good just idea. how ready they are. Uh, but no, I can't say where. I mean, I would say that guys like Kowser and Norby, Norby would be the ones probably most likely to threaten high A first. Um, but that being said, I certainly yeah, have no I, I know way with to the predict. way they changed the the whole minor league system, I know it, right. it's kind of but No, I mean, it's you like guys that hit the ball well and hit it often. And it seems to, at, as best you can remove some of the chance from the equation. If a guy's been an incredible bat-to-ball hitter for the entirety of his life, you'd be damn surprised if suddenly he wasn't. Correct. So, you know, they added a good deal of those guys mm -hmm. to the system, and it's clear that as far as their risk evaluation is concerned, college bats are the safest assets that they have. That's probably not to say that there weren't high school guys on their board, but as they would tell you, this was a best player available type approach. They were picking the guy at the top of their board and evaluating whether or not they felt any other pitcher in that moment was worth the risk over the guys that they had higher, and they deemed that only one was. Um, so yeah, we will talk about that as the show goes on, but you know, only so much because we don't have very much knowledge. You know, we only have what we've read online, and you guys are capable of reading those same articles yourself. So if you'd like to dig deeper, feel free to Google all these players and see what the scouting reports say. But we will talk to somebody who knows it legitimately at 1040 to maybe get an idea or a better idea of just what we can hope for and expect from the Orioles. But, you know, Trey Mancini last night was uh, overshadowed probably the draft. I don't know how. I mean, oh, you yeah, got to be yeah. a nerd. You got to be a real nerd to have the draft well, yeah. be more important to you than what Trey Mancini did last night. And I don't know how many people really care about the home run derby. Personally, it's been something that I've always enjoyed in my lifetime. Enjoy is a good word. Care. I, I don't never care. Gonna care. I'm not going to gamble on it. I'm not going to. I threw. I threw a, a Fanduel lineup at it. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Did not go well. Yeah, funny. I had I had Otani as my top guy. I did have Mancini in there. Sure. And I also had Story in there. Oh, that went well too. Yeah, so that went well. But the when the top guy yeah. goes out, I it, mean, look, the the two favorites were out in the first round. Yeah. And well, well, the all the low the lowest seed since they started seeding was five, six, seven, eight. All went through. But Pete Alonso was. Damn yeah. impressive. Yeah. I mean, look, everyone He's wants impressive. to talk about how he maybe is a sociopath. Maybe. And crazy. And I like, enjoyed it. No, his intensity was 
funny. It was a yeah. entertaining bit. Um, but I mean, that dude rakes that dude was just crushing home run after home run after home run after home run and he's a stocky fella i mean there's a lot of leg strength there he didn't seem to get very tired i thought the course of he the was, night well he also, he also had you know he didn't have to go into extra swings at any point and, well, he did and in the he first had, round he had the extra minute and then he hit no like no but that's more. right but that's the but i get that's, it there wasn't the, the it wasn't the, the, the hit offs and, and, and you know while he was resting everybody else was doing hit offs and ties and mancini didn't have to do that but he was um he seemed to get tired right i mean he's not he was probably the slightest frame of any hitter in the field i mean story's Maybe pretty strong story, story yeah. is still pretty like little, little, built i mean mancini's yeah. slender he seems like he's lost. I mean, granted, he had cancer last year, <laughs> well, I so like, I can understand how <laughs> I he could say. have lost weight. But it's not like he's hulking by any definition yeah. of the word. But damn, those home runs were traveling. Didn't you feel bad, a little bit bad for Perez, though? Yeah. I mean, you just. I mean, the man hit twenty eight. He was the second highest mm-hmm. in the in the round, and you just happened to go up well, against. It was an impressive football game between it was, Pete Alonso really and was. Salvador Perez. It as, really was. As Alonso had five touchdowns and Perez had four. No, um, yeah, Pete Alonso might not lose a home run derby for as long as he plays baseball. Correct. I genuinely, I mean, granted, you want to, we're going to break down the home run derby. Otani was trying to pull too much, it seemed, and you've seen him hit home runs to all fields right. in the course of the regular season. And Mancini probably showed, I would say, the best approach of all, where it was, you know, hit where the ball's thrown and mm-hmm. trust that your power will carry the ball out. And it was. You know, he was peppering balls all over the field. And, you know, Alonzo was too. But literally, that guy throwing to Alonzo put the ball in the same, same exact spot. spot. Like 99.9% of the time. He should throw to every person in the field to but try to he, make it at least there. Then he hit him in the shoulder, which yeah, was right. hilarious. That was funny. How about uh, Soto's guy throwing behind <laughs> Throw him behind him, behind him. I know. <laughs> yeah, no. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. Was. It was. I enjoyed the show. It's like I, I hadn't. I went in with the attitude I'm going to watch as long as Trey was in. Yeah, well, you watched the whole thing. Well, I, I well, of course. You probably but, would have regardless. Yeah, because I was entertained. I, again, I thought, going back to the thing with the coverage, once I switched over to ESPN2, it was much more enjoyable uh, for me. They didn't go to the like the player interviews and, and lose focus on what was important. It was all about what was going on at the plate. Sure. And they 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 did a good job of, of showing you a running list of how far the ball, each mm-hmm. home run, and who had hit the longest ones. And they popped – I don't know if they did it. They didn't do it at first on ESPN, which is one of the reasons I switched. But every time there was a home run, they put up a graphic in the stands of how far – Would have liked that. Of how far each home run went. I think it's fair to criticize them for assuming that because they have a broadcast – dedicated to that that right. the main and primary broadcast couldn't still benefit from yes, some I, of those I, aspects. Yes, I thought it could have, but the, the the ESPN2 did a nice job um uh, of giving you sounding giving sure. you what you were looking for that ESPN did not um it it was too much for me and then stayed up a little bit. I always liked the celebrity softball game. <laughs> I honestly stayed up for a little bit of it. I I was brushing my teeth. I saw Jojo Siwa hit a single. I missed DK Metcalf striking Got out. A, she was actually impressive as, a, as an athlete. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, apparently she played. I, Quavo apparently hit a home run. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't. Oh, nobody it. cares. Pre, I, pre-taped, I just, they couldn't do it live. I guess you know. I guess they're well, not going to yeah, put a game always, on it. It's always pre-taped because yeah, well, you don't know how long it's going to go. And I suppose that makes and, sense. And and. 
you know, at certain point, Jenny Finch is always there. It's always fun, and some of the celebrities always want her to throw as hard as she – or not as hard as she well, can, yeah. but, but throw regularly at them. And so she threw one, and I forgot who was at bat, and they were like, okay, I'm done. Just, yeah. just, just toss it in now. Yeah. No, it's always a – I used to enjoy it when I was a child, but it, the Home fun. Run Derby is the only one that I – I, I know very know few people in it anymore. That's how old I am. Yeah, but, right. But I'm I'm starting to lose. I don't I don't uh, the TikTok uh, group of people that are oh, famous God, for yeah. TikTok. I don't I, I don't know. And like and some 50, of the twenty years younger than you. And I don't some care. some yeah. of the some of the musical uh, people I don't know. Yeah, but no. you know. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know what they could possibly do to make me care about that game, but oh, I don't care. It's right. just fun. But the home run derby, I still have fond memories of the way it used to be in the format. I think it's stupid when they try and talk about the most home runs ever in a round and talk right. about it like being comparable to the no, way it was no, when it was right. ten outs. Right. Um, and then Soto with the the, the double playoff between him and Otani, where right. it was you only get three swings. That was most reminiscent of the way the home run derby used, used to, to be. be. Exactly. And. I mean, I still enjoy that format, right? Like, I I do wonder if it were that form. I think Soto probably would win. Although Alonzo, gosh, I mean, would, literally, there was no variance in where the ball was thrown, no. so I don't know how no. he wouldn't have. But no, I do enjoy those those yesteryear. But it is more entertaining the way they do it now, more video game like. Oh yeah, so yeah, absolutely. In that sense, all things considered, about as great as a home run derby as you yeah. could hope for, especially for Baltimore Orioles fans who absolutely. saw. Absolutely. Trey Mancini just uh, put on a show not only for us, but uh, for the nation, as he really did. He really impressed me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Will I don't you, know will you watch the game tonight? Um, probably the beginning. If I'm, if, if I'm home, right? Like, if I'm home in front of the TV, I'll put it on with Otani pitching right. and DHing, and Mullins is a starter now, which is right. great to see great that to he... See which you would have liked to have been him voted in the first place, although when Trout was not going to be playing, it was not hard to probably assume that it, he would have wasn't. found his way into the starting lineup. He'll be hitting ninth, yes. rounding out. He has a prototypical nine skill set in an all-star game with some speed there. Um, yeah. It'll yeah. be – I don't care, though. I really don't. I mean, the all-star game itself, I used to enjoy it, but – truthfully enjoy the home run derby more than I do the all-star game I was listening to the manager whoever the manager is for the American American League um, and he was they, they changed the rule for to allow Otani to hit and, hit pitch. and pitch and not like lose the DH spot yeah, yeah, because yeah. they voted him in as the DH and the 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 um, the manager, and I wish I could remember who his name. What is his it name? Is it Kevin Cash? Right? It is was, it Cash? It was the Rays was the yeah, World Cash. Series last year. Cash. And he's like, he's like, I really appreciate Major League Baseball doing that because I can guarantee you, I probably would have screwed something up along the way. Been the most hated person <laughs> on Twitter, just by no fault of his so, own. So he's like, he's he's he's, you know, he goes, he goes, this is what the fans wanted, and we're glad that we were able to do it, and. You know, you no, know probably I mean, pitches an inning and gets his at bat and be done with it. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the guy's captivating. He yeah. is as exciting a talent as baseball has ever had. Um, and it's not just hype, right? The dude's incredible. Oh, He's effing incredible. Yes. That guy is a marvel. And you wish almost he didn't play in the West Coast because you'd have a chance to watch him a little watch more. Watch him more. But um, yeah. no, I mean, it's it, there's it's impossible yeah. not to be enthralled. By what Shohei Ohtani does on yeah. a baseball field, he's he's the guy you pay to see right now. Oh, totally. Like, no, if he's coming to your town, yeah. like you're, if Mike Trout were healthy, right. you would be paying to see Shohei Ohtani. Correct. Yeah, 
It is, and that's nothing to denigrate what no, Mike Trout no, has done in I, his career. No, um, Trout's the best baseball player around, but yeah. but what Otani is doing is just is is just mythical. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it, it. You know, I was going to use Ruthian because that's the closest thing we can ever think of. But we talked about Babe Ruth, and it was like, oh, nobody could do that nowadays. It was back when they were, you know, throwing eighty five. Right, 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 right. You could eat hot dogs seven times a day Correct. and go and play yes. baseball, and it was yeah. no. He's he is. It was not seemingly possible to do the things that he is doing, and he is out here doing it at the highest level. And credit to him, and it's uh, always fun to see. And I'm, you know, very happy to be able to see and and watch what it is that he's accomplishing so far this year, and hopefully for many years to come. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of Windows Plus. Put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. You heard that right. Get 50% off all styles of window, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. Two years later, you can worry about it. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. We're going to take our first break. Uh, a little bit after that, we'll be joined by Nick Falaris to chat a little bit more about the Orioles draft class and plenty more to come on this morning's edition of Glenn Clark Radio. We are broadcasting from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Uh, Chesapeake Employers is your workers' compensation employers specialist. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We'll be right back. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' summer or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box Sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. All right, we are back. Glenn Clark Radio. Glenn Clark Radio is brought to you by the Stan the Fan show. Stan Charles has two great shows for you every week. And like everything else in the world, they're happening over Zoom. As every Monday night, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest from the world of baseball. This past Monday, they chatted with Larry Sheets as his son Gavin uh, is having quite the start to his Major League Baseball career, the Gilman alum, and he homered in his first game at Camden Yards. So they chatted a little bit about just what it's been like for Larry to see his son excel through the early portions of his Major League career. And every Wednesday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports as tomorrow night they'll be chatting with press bo- or former Pressbox gaming writer Bill Ordeen about the developments in the world of sports gaming in Maryland and the timeline for that rollout as both shows are live at facebook.com slash sports and are available the next day at pressboxonline.com. Stan's weekly shows are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Find them at C3America.com. And you can call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Uh, Some comments from listeners uh, John Keller pointed out that uh, ESPN has ruined the Derby broadcast as he hopes that Chris Berman, or wishes that Chris Berman were calling it, as he says that Ravitch seemed a bit disinterested. Now, I mean, Carl Ravitch has been quite busy. He was calling the first round of the MLB draft. I imagine he's kind of stretched a little thin, traveling all over the world. But to be fair, I don't know that Chris Berman would have been the solution in this sort of format where they're hitting home yeah, runs left. Uh, he can only say back, 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 so back, back, back so many times. Yeah. The way it worked when it used to be the uh, 10 out format kind of milked each swing yeah. a little bit more. So uh, I'm not sure he'd be suited to handle it, but I do miss the nostalgia aspect of hearing him call it. I'm not going to lie. I do hear you on that. He says they were overdoing the stats and the graphics, whereas I would have liked to at least have seen 
on each swing. At least some, I would have liked to have known how far the home runs traveled. And as you said, ESPN two was doing that. ESPN two was doing a better but, job. You know, they maybe could have you know, mixed those two a bit. Yep. But that is what it is. He says they should also let them use aluminum bats, as that no, would be a show. No. I mean, no. Look, I, you would kill people. <laughs> yeah, fine. You would kids, literally kill people. The kids in the outfield might not be. No, able to forget the it. kids in the outfield. <laughs> you know, stands. You know, the fans in the stands would. I mean, some of those were just laser shots into yeah. the stands. No. no. Yeah, I hear you. No, I that's a you. horrible idea. Nah, it's something that would be funny, though, to me. If there's nobody in the stands and you're in, like <laughs> you're trying to hit it into the parking lot, sure. Uh, no. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Paul from Ovilando says, uh, maybe it's just me, but I feel like ESPN generated this new quarterback ranking thing just to facilitate chat until training camp. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, that's Paul. why. That's why. That is that, correct. That's not just you. That's why. That's what all of these outlets do. Um, you know, unless you are looking to um, fantasy rankings and sure. things like that, people that you know these these rankings. They they said fifty people from coaches and this is maybe the only thing that makes it slightly interesting i wasn't aware that it was polling people yeah, around the league around the when league. it took the list i thought it was just but it doesn't tell you how many coaches how many general managers who, right, doesn't yeah. tell you how many players you know I, I just it's a it's a dumb list no doubt it's it and it's it's there this is as you see this is why the all-star break is when it is there's nothing happening no nope. okay you have you have 17 days between each nba game so there's literally days with nothing going on. You have to generate comment, uh, uh, you know, content, and you know it's all it was for. You're not alone. Everybody gets it. You know that's why there are places that that do that for a living now. Yep. You know, you know, I mean, football's still king, right? Football still drives discussion and interest, and people are more interested in hearing about an arbitrary discussion Ooh. about quarterback rankings than they are about. You know who's best suited to come out of the gate hot after the All Star break yeah, in baseball, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just the reality of things. The NFL still is the most interesting sport to the majority of sports fans out there. Um, but you know, people take the bait. I mean, people were certainly upset that Lamar Jackson was ranked seventh, or that Matt Stafford was ranked ahead of him, or right. that Dak Prescott was beneath. I mean, look, it's bound to get reaction from fan bases yes. unless you're the Chiefs and you have Pat Mahomes sitting at the top, rightfully so. That list. I'm so tired of everybody writing things about Lamar. It's like uh, that's fine. No, what? it's just just do it. I mean, I mean, uh, Pro Football Focus, which I just can't stand. Yeah, I've never been able to. But they wrote they were complaining yesterday because he was at a camp. Yeah, I and saw he that. was on asphalt. I think that was actually Pro Football Talk. Pro Football Talk whatever. about how he's like yeah, negotiating like, a contract like, north of forty million dollars, and he's out here doing like DB drills. It's like okay, yeah, he's with kids. Kids. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. It's so worthy of criticism. Yeah, yeah, you're criticizing. Talk about a superstar guy. athlete yeah. making himself available to fans. Yeah, like, just yes, just, yes. Everybody's yeah. grasping for straws and looking for something to get clicks and get reactions and impressions online. That's the nature of sports yes. media these days. And you see some of the perils when First Take and Stephen A. Smith go and do their bit, where they go and just talk for three hours right. and spew nonsense. And oh, imagine that you and say something stupid. Yeah, and then he has to apologize. Yeah. And it's like, you, hey, don't apologize. You did what you did yeah, your this job. This is what you do. You you did your job. This I mean, he should do. never. I get it. They're paying him a lot of money. He should never talk about anything but basketball because he doesn't know anything but basketball. I've uh, frankly, I can't stand Stephen A. Smith. His voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me. But look, the man's the wealthiest person at ESPN. Exactly, exactly. So clearly, yeah. they've yeah. got a formula down, and it's working for some people. I just. It's not my cup of tea.
Um, yeah, Lamar Jackson. I yeah, wake me up when they play real football. Yeah, yeah. And I expect he'll play very well. Yeah, he'll he'll and be fine. So if your metric of what a good quarterback is is still antiquated, and you right. only focus on throwing the ball, then yes, he maybe is the seventh best quarterback in the league. Sure. But uh, he's top three dangerous quarterbacks yeah. in football. I think we can feel pretty confident saying that. Uh, we're going to make our connection in a second with uh, Nick Falaris from 2080 Baseball. Uh, looking forward to that. KZ, do me a favor. I will be happy to. Go ahead and talk about the new press box print edition on the cover, and then you can just – this isn't the right read, so just pick it up this about where about where it's available. Right about oh, where it's available after you talk about who's on the cover. Well, as, I mean, as you can see, I mean, big man on campus, University of Maryland, new quarter – well, not new quarterback, but uh, – uh, ta- tag Viloa. I'm never. I know. I should have totally never, a target Philo. I should have known better. Never, never given me a name. Um, he's on the cover. Uh, you know. Um, you you look at that press box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including, as you know, all six, uh, 60 Royal Farm stores. You can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps. At PressBoxOnline.com, you can go uh, to PressBoxOnline.com right now and read all about the Home Run Derby and uh, Mr. Mancini and and the excitement that he yeah. uh, generated. But I, I uh, erred in giving you that one. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, that, yeah, that's you really on you. You really did. Talia Tonga It doesn't matter. Is the you, you, can, you can tell me a million times. I hear you. Casey you is we've not done a, this long enough. Is not great at pronouncing even simple names, no, let alone I, ones I that mess have up four Smith syllables. That you're giving me. Yeah, <laughs> you're giving me it's multiple. Right. We'll get him next time. We'll get him next. Too many vowels. Joining us. Right now, to give us a little bit of a better idea about the players selected by the Baltimore Orioles through 10 rounds of the 2021 MLB Draft, uh, you can find his work at 2080baseball.com. He is Nick Falaris, and he joins us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Nick, it is Kyle and KZ here in Baltimore. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. How's everyone doing this morning? You know, we're doing pretty well. Uh, Baltimore's own Trey Mancini put on a nice show for baseball fans last night, so we're still riding that high a little bit. Uh, Did you enjoy that evening? I did. I was actually still doing kind of some uh, draft (laughs) roundup stuff, but I did have it on in the background. And uh, I think not only was it fun to see him succeed, but he did it in a really exciting manner. So it's always fun when there's a little bit of drama there. And when when, – Someone wearing orange and black puts on a good showing. It's always cause for celebration, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, here in Baltimore, we are, I guess, sports fans in general are all reactionary and want to be told we're pretty. So, explain why the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles have had the best draft of any team in Major League Baseball so far. Well, I guess what I would tell fans is there's a very clear plan here, I think, with their picks. So, um, you should be very confident that this organization has a clear roadmap for what they wanted to do and that they were executing in this draft. Uh, by my look, uh, by my estimation, it seems like they could potentially have as much as uh, $2 million, maybe up to 2.3 in uh, cap room or soft cap room, rather, to get a little bit aggressive here in round 11 with, with some of the big high school names that are off the board. Um, so that's always great. There, there are not a lot of teams that have that much space. It's not, you know, we'll see how they use it. Um, but that's a, a huge advantage going into day three. And the last thing I would say is 
Um, we've seen some success from uh, this group already with the draft last year. Um, we've seen uh, Elias uh, when he was in Houston, the Astros success with drafting. And if you look at what the Astros are doing yesterday, even without, you know, even with the loss of picks, they were doing the same old Astros things and grabbing value and identifying value in places where maybe it's not uh, readily apparent on public ranking lists. Um, so I think all the you know everything's kind of pointed in the right direction. It's, I, I get that it wasn't the Pittsburgh Pirates draft where sure. you saw the big name high school guys in the second and third and fourth round getting signed, um, but this is a this looks like a, a, a very strong draft. I, I, I was pretty impressed with the with the class the Orioles put together. So first of all, kudos to you for covering and going in depth in a major league baseball draft. I do NFL draft coverage and put about 300 names in my brain that I can't wait to get rid of. I can't imagine <laughs> how many you do with 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 a baseball draft. But you know, can you take us through a, a couple of the guys we talked about Kowser at, at length? Uh, yesterday, but can you take us through maybe the next couple of guys that the the Orioles selected, Norby, Trimble, and Rhodes, and you know your thumbnail sketch of those three? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Norby is, I, I think, was roundly considered one of the best hitters, overall hitters in the draft. The only reason he wasn't sort of up there in that first round uh, discussion, I think, rankings wise, is defensively he's limited to second base, um, but played for a good East Carolina team. Uh, pure hitter, his slash line, you know, 415, 484, 659. Uh, that's a fantastic slash line. Two things to pay attention to would be what, what we call uh, on-base delta. So that's the difference between on-base and uh, batting average. That gives you an idea of, of the approach of a player. The closer you get to 100, sort of the better patience you have, the better strike zone awareness you have as a general rule. And then from a slugging percentage, you know, ISO, isolated power, is slugging percentage minus average. That tells you how hard you're hitting the ball um, from a production standpoint. So he's over 200 in ISO. He's at like 70 for his on-base percentage delta. That means he's got good patience, and when he hits the ball, he hits it hard. So those are two huge things that I think the Orioles have um, embedded in their draft models when they're sorting through college hitters. And that's a theme. If you go through their top ten picks mm-hmm. and your reader or your yeah. your fault, you're a uh, Listeners can check this out for themselves. Go to the team pages, and that, those are the themes you're going to see. You're going to see good on-base percentage delta and or a really high ISO. And then mix in with that, a bunch of these guys are terrific athletes. I would say Norby's a good athlete. He's not sort of that the terrific athlete they have in some of the other profiles. But this is a guy, who, he's a major leaguer. Like, you look at him, you look at the profile and say, hey, I don't know if this guy is going to be a potential all-star, but he's going to be a contributor at the major league level. So that, And that's, I mean, that's what you want out of your second-round yeah. pick, right? Yeah, that, no, absolutely. And, and you know, when I – the thing, you know, growing up a, a high school baseball player, he read – like you say this, but he read baseball player. Like you said, maybe not the best athlete, but he just read like he was a baseball junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good knowledge of the game. Uh, not the fastest guy, but it talked about how smart he was on the base pass, how he's willing to take the extra base, how he's willing to steal a base given the opportunity. So things that you just – took away from it like okay this is a baseball player and a guy that's going to contribute like you said so that that was really impressive for me um what about the the one that intrigues me is a little bit is john rhodes uh the kid out of kentucky give us a little bit on him so rhodes actually just snuck into being eligible for this draft he he wasn't eligible until major league baseball announced that they were pushing back the draft date so he's only 20 years old right now 
you are eligible if you turn 21 within 45 days of the draft. So because of his, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's an August birthday. Yeah. Um, because they pushed the draft back, he just barely snuck in. So teams weren't really sort of, uh, well, in addition to the fact that uh, they he wasn't initially part of this draft class, we didn't have, you know, that deep summer baseball uh, right. for scouts to lean back on. And if we had last year, they wouldn't have really been focused on him anyway because they wouldn't have known that he was going to be eligible. So he was someone who teams had to kind of rush in and get a, get a quick look at. Um, Performance-wise, he probably took a little bit of a step back from his freshman year. But the themes that you see from him, he's a good power speed guy, um, physical guy, good athlete, chance to play center field or right field, kind of depending on how he finishes his physical development. He's kind of at that crossroads now where you could see him kind of bulking up and maybe losing a little bit of a step or you know, continuing to, to add on a little bit of muscle. Or you could see him kind of maintain his the, the fluidity and motion that he has now. He could maybe... Um, fit in center field long term. So we'll see kind of where he comes down there. But this is a projection pick. This is a good athlete. He's got a, a decent idea of what he's doing in the box. Again, kind of took a little bit of a step back developmentally, um, or not developmentally, but production wise sure. this year. But the building blocks are there. You know, they may take their time with him. He's not going to move as quickly as, you know, Connor Norby or even Reed Trimble, their, uh, their third round pick. Um, but this is one of those uh, kind of, if you guys remember when. Um, the Orioles drafted Drake, who was a pitcher at the Naval Academy. Um, that was actually the Red people Sox. didn't know he was el- he was eligible, and the area scouts did a good job of kind of staying on it and, and having more info than everyone else. Oh, yeah, yeah. This kind of goes into that into that same bucket. He it's not that no one else knew he was eligible here, but the Orioles look it looks like they were on top of it. They really um, got to know the player, got to know the profile, and, and took a good calculated risk here. Uh, a couple of the names you mentioned: Reed Trimble. He's intriguing based on his skill set. I think also um, Dante Williams, another guy. I mean, we heard. I think it was. I think it was Jim Callis who said on the broadcast yesterday that there just weren't that many high-level hit tools in this draft for college players. Uh, is it fair to say that, as far as projectable skills are concerned, that those sort of talents and tools perhaps? lend themselves to the lowest volatility in performance? Yeah, I think that that's right. I think if you talk to teams who put together these models where they're, they're sifting through a ton of college data and kind of spitting out names that they think have a good chance to succeed, the um, stuff like uh, approach that we were talking about, you know, high on base percentage uh, relative to average, um, the ability to draw walks, contact rate. So, you know, you want a strikeout rate generally that's lower than 20% to project um, you know, a successful major league player and the lower you go, the, you know, the better the contact skills, the more likely you are to be able to continue to do that against better pitching. That's sort of the shorthand explanation mm-hmm. of it. So with, with Trimble, um, he has that, that discipline. He's got about the 70, 70 point split between uh, his on base and his average. He's got the power. He, he hit 17 home runs this year. So, and he, and he doesn't strike out a lot. He's under 20% for, for strikeouts. You've got a guy who knows how to make contact. You got a guy that can really hit for power and a guy who knows what he's doing in the box. He can draw walks. He's not giving away at bat. So that right there, that combination, um, if you, again, going back, this is kind of what all these players have, these characteristics. That tells me the Orioles are kind of zoned in on some of these characteristics and what they're doing with, with Trimble here, because Trimble's a, a, a guy that they're grabbing early too, right? He's yeah. a, a draft eligible sophomore. They're taking a, not a chance but you know what they're doing is they're trying to identify the pieces that make up a good hit tool and a good hitter and they're drafting him before he has that third year of college mm-hmm. development so i mean their projection i would assume would be hey if he came back next year 
you're not looking at 345, 414, 638. You're probably looking at something closer to like 385, 390. Mm-hmm. You know, 450, 460, 470, right. uh, you know, 650, 660. So um, on top of all of that, very good athlete, and he can run a little bit. So um, it's that that's a really exciting pick. And that's the, that's the type of pick where teams who rely on these models would look at the Orioles doing that and say, oh, okay, yeah, they're, they're seeing the same things that we see. They're doing the same things that we do. It's a, it's a progressive pick. That's not like a traditional scouting pick, even though he passes the eye test for scouts. This is one that would signify to other teams like, okay, these guys, these guys have a plan and they know they kind of know what they're doing. Over kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, Hudson Haskin pick from last year to an extent. Sure, yeah, that's a, that's a great comparison. Same same exact uh, situation. These picks where you see them come off a little higher than than the than the, than the uh, kind of the public rankings, but once you identify sort of the through line, the characteristics that you're seeing in a lot of these players, then you can pretty quickly say, hey, okay, I understand what these guys are trying to do, and, and this is, this is, these are the types of picks that have had success over the last you know, five, six, seven years mm-hmm. with a more progressive team. So that, I, this is just another indicator. I really like uh, the direction that the Orioles are heading here with amateur acquisition. Just how legitimate is the defensive versatility for Trimble? They were talking about potentially using in the middle of the infield. Do you think that there's a real chance he could potentially play shortstop? Sure. I mean, I think he's a good enough athlete too. Um, as a as a general rule, there are some positions where when people say, "Hey, we could transfer this guy over to this higher end, you know, this higher value defensive position," it's um, it's probably not great to assume they're going to be able to do that. It's it, it's great if they're able to kind of bring him in, work with him, and and uh, he, he's able to pull it off. But just to be clear, he doesn't need to do that to have value. If they can do that and they decide, hey, we want him to take reps at shortstop, maybe they view him as more of a like a super utility in the future. Hey, he's not going to be our all-star center fielder, but he's going to be a guy that can kind of come in. He's going to play two days a week in center. He's going to play you know two days a week in right, and he's going to play you know on the dirt somewhere when we need to spell somebody. Those are super valuable players, and you see organizations like the Dodgers. You saw the Cubs in the middle part of the last decade kind of do the same thing with their draft approach. Um, that's that's another really common um, common characteristic of teams who are on the more progressive side with acquisition. They want players that are going to give them flexibility. So just the fact that he could even try any other positions is a huge feather in his cap. So looking looking forward to today. Um, what do you what are you looking for? Are there are there guys available? I mean, obviously there are guys available, but you talked about the they still have two million dollars, and let's see what, what they do with that. Are there are there guys that haven't been drafted that you would have expected to go, and um, maybe they're they're considered risky signings? Who are some names that maybe Oriole fans in the next couple rounds could be looking at? Yeah, sure. So. Um... Oh, geez. So there are a lot of names uh, that have not been drafted. <laughs> that Obviously, are, uh, that would be great. Uh, that would be great potential gets. The the trick here, and I guess this is what gives you guys the entertaining phone calls, right, and right. interactions with your listeners too, is it's very easy to identify like the top quote unquote talents. Like Will Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, he's a um, outfielder, Clemson commit at wide receiver. He also plays quarterback. That's a kid who you would expect going into the draft would be asking for three million, you know, right. maybe even a little bit higher. The Orioles could potentially get there to get a Will Taylor. Um, I don't see them going after someone like Will Taylor that has that name brand recognition. It's a it's a tough thing to do, and it also involves them kind of putting all their eggs in that one basket. Hey, we save money and 
if they really love them, maybe. But this front office, I see them more kind of spreading out that uh, that money to to multiple players, where you maybe get instead of getting one two point five three million talent, you get a couple eight hundred thousand, you get a one point two million, and they spread it out that way. So I mean, there are there are tons of you know. 60 high school kids that could probably fall within that uh, fall within that range. You know, Tommy, uh, Tommy Delandry is a Nevada outfielder who was supposed to be signable. And he's someone who could be a high six figure guy. Um, Peyton Stovall is a, is a middle infielder. Great hit tool. That would be a very Orioles pick. If they like that profile enough, lefty bat, really good bat to ball. One of the better hit tools at the high school ranks. And he's someone who maybe they could grab at like one point, eight to two million in that range. That's a great name to kind of tuck away. Um, Gage Jump is another very high profile. He was a, a perfect game All-American last year. Um, big power arm from the left side. Not big um, height-wise. He's only 5'10", but big as far as the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another one that could have that super high price tag. And then a little bit lower down that the list, you have other names. You know, Alex Mooney is a shortstop from Michigan. Great profile, good hit tool, one of the best hitters across the country at the high school ranks. That's another kind of middle infield profile with a good hit tool that could be interesting for the Orioles. So there are tons of names. I mean, I guess you guys know this. Be prepared for them not to get sort of the top two brand names and then all the Orioles fans to be upset that they saved money, didn't do that, and instead grab these three people that they hadn't necessarily read up about yet. But uh there's a lot of flexibility for them here. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it. If they it might go, it may depend on who goes in front of them in the 11th round, you know, the, yeah. the four picks in front of them. If one of those big names is still there, maybe they make a run at them. If, if those names get kind of gobbled up by, by Pittsburgh and some other folks, um, Boston certainly doesn't have room for it, but Detroit might, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they'll just be spreading it out to three or four more people you know, instead. That's kind of, that's kind of what I see. I'm interested to see how they kind of break everything down. Who are I mean? They only drafted one pitcher, obviously, in their in their first ten rounds. You mentioned that that five foot ten left hander. Are there any other names as far as the high school arms that maybe we should be crossing our fingers for? Yeah, so it's um, it's tough because a couple of those names, Thatcher Hurd, uh, that's a, uh, from Miracosta in California. Uh, he showed really well. Um, stuff didn't take a huge jump this spring. He announced that he. I don't think he formally removed his name from the draft, but he announced that he wanted to go to school. Josh Hartle down in North Carolina, um, projectable lefty with really good feel. Um, he did the same thing. Uh, I think Jackson Baumeister from the Bulls uh, High School in Florida, I, I'm pretty sure he still is available, though he's going to have a, uh, a a pretty high number there. He's a Florida State commit. Um, that's one maybe to keep your eye on. Um, Braden Montgomery out of Mississippi, uh, he's another one that's got really big stuff. I saw him this spring up to you know the mid nineties with really good feel for breaking stuff. It's a little bit inconsistent, but uh, when it's on, it's really impressive stuff. Brody Brecht out of Iowa, I think it's Antenny is how you pronounce the high school. Another really interesting high school arm that could uh, that could get some attention. So there are there are pitchers there. A couple of the really high profile guys have sort of pulled their name out or announced mm-hmm. that they're not really looking to sign. So. Um, I guess I'd throw Caden Parker in there too. He's from Texas. Um, you know, one of those typical Texas righties that's already six foot four, six foot five, and seems to be adding five pounds every time you see him. <laughs> he's going to be just a monster by the time he's 
fully physically developed. I, I toss his name in there too as a, a really interesting guy for, this, for for today. And there's a good chance that whoever it is that the Orioles do zero in on as far as the overslot thing is concerned, that that's largely because they've had those conversations prior that there's a number that they're willing or able to hit, right? Yeah, that's generally how this works. So um, now once you get into day three, it's usually – I shouldn't say usually. Oftentimes, it is not as um, it has not been felt out as strongly as the mm-hmm. guys that you saw go yesterday. Um, the guys yesterday are the picks they really don't want to lose. Today, it's more hey, let's make some calls. Let's get the area guy on the phone with him and say hey, you know, we talked a little bit about you know you maybe wanting to go to college, but if the you know if you got the right number, went in the right spot, you'd be willing to sign. This is kind of what we're thinking about. It, you know, have you changed your mind? Are you still kind of open to to signing with something in sort of the midday two round bonus right. range and stuff? You know, they'll fill it out that way. So today is probably more along the lines of, hey, we've got a couple of big names that if we get a chance, do we pull the trigger on them? And then we've got you know these six to twelve names where we've got a good sense that they'd be willing to sign or we could make a run at them. Let's do our diligence, get in touch with them again, see what they're thinking, and. You know, out of those six to twelve names, we should be able to find two or three that are that we like. You know, they're on our they're our, they're on our acquire list, so we like them enough to sign them, and um, you know, they are interested in going. So we'll make you know we'll pull the trigger on them. So then, if you have estimated this is the last one for you, I really appreciate you taking the time. Great stuff. Yeah. If they have no approximately like two to two point three million to spend to an extent, you'd probably expect maybe two high school over slot guys among that group. So I think for the range you generally see these high school kids go, um, it probably more than two. It depends if they, you know, if they go after like Peyton Stovall, mm-hmm. it might be one or right. two. Um, if it's if you're talking about kind of piecing together two or three arms, they could they could get three in more of like the six, seven, eight hundred thousand a pop range. Um, that's pretty common. In, in the teens here, in the, in the rounds between 11 and 20, to find those kids who are weighing whether to go to college or not. They, they're not the big seven-figure bonus babies, but they do need a little bit of convincing. They need a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of extra money to go. And you can, you know, sometimes it's 600, sometimes it's 700, whatever that, whatever that number is in their head. And honestly, a lot of it's done with the area scout, you know, with that relationship. How comfortable are they with your organization, with the scout? Do they want to, you know, are they excited about the idea of, hey, this organization, I've loved talking to them this, these, these last 12 months. I really like what they have to say about, you know, their developmental program, what they're trying to do as an organization, how they see me fitting into that organization. Mm-hmm. You know, if, uh, if it were the, you know, if it were the Blue Jays, no, I'm not, I'm not messing with those guys, but I really like the cut of the right. jib of this, this Orioles area scout. So I'm going to, you know, I, I'm excited about starting, starting my career with them. And hey, they can't, they give me 600,000 on top of it, sign me up. So, um, that that's really done. It's, it's done on the personal level with the area scout and, you know, the reputation of the, of the, uh, of the organization, which is again, just I'll stop rambling after this, <laughs> why it's so important that the Orioles are developing this reputation of having a good plan, um, from an acquisition standpoint and why seeing successes on the developmental side is so important because you want, play, you want to be able to point to players and say, Hey, you know, here are the last five guys right. that came to us out of high school, and this is what they look like now, and this is what they've done working with us. Like, we think you fit in that same mold. We think you work with our developmental system, and we want to do the same thing with you and get you to the major league. It's, 
best selling point you could possibly have for these high school kids that are on the fence. Well, it's much better that you ramble about these guys than us. Yes. You clearly have more <laughs> knowledge on the matter than we do. So definitely appreciate you lending your expertise to us this morning and uh, giving us a little bit of a better idea as to what the Orioles have done and maybe could be doing as the uh, draft nears its end. So uh, he is Nick Falaris. You can find his work at 2080baseball.com. You can find him on Twitter. It's at Nick J. Falaris, correct? That's it. And are you on Instagram anywhere? Anyone else can give you a follow? No, I'm an old man. I'm 40 now. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have time to learn anything after yeah. Twitter. I heard there's this Snapchat, these other things. I don't know how to do all of that. Well, hey, you're doing great with what you're doing right now. So really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Look forward to catching with you some, sometime soon, right? Absolutely. Thanks so much. Have, have a good day, guys. Enjoy hey, the last day you. of the draft. You too. There he goes, Nick Falaris from 2080 Baseball. A lot of good stuff from him. As uh, Clearly, as he said, the Orioles had a plan when it came to their evaluation of these players and just what it is that they're looking for. He used some fancy terms like uh, delta and all that stuff, but it is you know it makes sense, right? If you're on base split and your batting average yeah. split, and we do that subconsciously when you look at players, right? Correct. You can tell a Correct. guy doesn't have a good on-base tool if like Adam Jones is generally only about 30 points higher in on-base percentage than he was his batting average, and it played out where he had some strikeout issues in his career. So largely speaking, I mean, the Orioles have prioritized that ability, and I would say it's paid off. Ah, Scam Likely's calling. Love him. Uh, so, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how they allot the rest of their money in the bonus pool, truly, because I think a lot of fans are probably annoyed or upset that there haven't been these, you know, oh, wow, look at that, they drafted this football star who yeah, was going to commit yeah. and play at another and it's not always that easy. No. Um, and we truly will not have any real idea as to how this overall draft class looks until a few years from now. And look, the pirates, they, they wowed a lot of people, but a lot can go wrong. Nick Bitsko, I think had Tommy John surgery this past year. And of course, Carter Baumler did for the Orioles yeah. in November. Right. These, these high school guys take a while to get it all figured out, and a lot of them never do. So with the tools and the skill set that they have prioritized, um, that sort of approach it generally translates to the next level. So very excited to see what these guys can bring as they uh, progress through the Orioles system. And largely speaking, I, I don't really have much complaints about what it is that Mike Elias and company have done. So... We are going to take our second break here in just a second. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill, and Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Do you want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Well, stop in to one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. So, the second break of the show on the other side in a little bit, we'll chat with East Carolina head baseball coach Cliff Godwin a little bit more about specifically Connor Norby. This is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at Pressbox. We will be right back. Here it watch out. For the first time, the PGA Tours FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at... Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. And we are back here at Glenn Clark Radio, broadcasting live from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at Pressbox. Today's show is brought to you by Exxon Mobile. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. And oh, by the way, if you're in the market for a new car, well, Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Jack, are you able to do two utes? You ready for the segment right now? Is that good with you? Well, why don't we get into it then? I guess i got to start whistling. 
It is our local, our, our daily segment where our uh, resident young person, uh, used to be me, I'm not young anymore, I guess, uh, Jack will give us a breakdown of just what it is that the uh, Utes are talking about, of course, in the world of social media and in the internet in general. Apparently, I guess maybe TikTok stars are more familiar to you guys than us because I don't really know who any of them are. But uh, what is, uh, what's moving the needle for the young kids right now, Jack? All right, so yesterday I talked about the United States basketball team yeah, against yeah. Nigeria. Yeah. And last night, well. they lost again. Yeah, it was Australia so, this time. Yes, right? yeah, they lost 91-83 to Australia yesterday. So they Australia getting a more better. of a fixture, perhaps, in international basketball than Nigeria typically is. Nigeria, I believe, did go on to beat, uh, was it France? Or it was Argentina. Nigeria turned around after beating the USA and then beat Argentina, who, of course, once upon a time, beat the USA in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, congrats to Nigeria for the run that they're putting up. It's definitely exciting times for them. But the USA, not as exciting, I take it. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty pretty bad. I mean, the, the lineup that they're they're putting out there, I mean, even if they haven't played together and don't have the, the chemistry that you, you need, I feel like they how are they not going to beat these teams? I mean, they only have like four or five NBA players and the entire USA roster is filled with NBA guys loaded. I mean, Devin Booker, I think, is going to play after. He's going to join up after the series yeah, is over. Yeah, Chris Middleton is too. So, I mean, they're going to get a little better, but it's not looking great. For Didn't Patty Mills go off? Yeah. Patty Mills did did play well. Um, he's an international superstar. When they get in the FIBA, he's like, he's, like just kills yeah, it. He's just, been yeah. on the Australian team, I feel like, forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, think he's, I think his first one was like 2008. Is when he uh, first started playing for, for, for the Australian national team. So, who was to blame for this one? Who are we mad at? Well, so a lot of people are blaming Pop for like coaching, not because I think it's the first year where Coach K is not on the on the team. Hmm. And we don't like giving Coach K much credit around here. No, I know, but um, with that being uh, his first year, people are saying, "Oh, maybe we should bring him back." And all. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I hear Pop, Pop's a little better, in my opinion. I'm a big Popovich fan, but apparently yeah. he's not getting the job done right now on the USA team. No, so like they're coming up with excuses. they got to get back in shape. I mean, the season just ended. I don't know what kind of shape they need to get back in, but I don't, I don't know. They yeah, got, no. they got some work to do. But they got some time, right? The Olympics still about a few weeks away. When I think it's that like start? a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, I think it starts on the case? 25th is the basketball. Yeah, it's getting, getting close. Sneaks up yeah. on that, yeah. I yeah. guess, huh? Yeah. It's yeah. not so that far away. The day after, like the 20, day before Glenn gets back, when Glenn gets back. 25th, 23rd? Well, 23rd of July? I, guess that, I think the basketball week. starts on the 25th. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, if they don't get it together, it'll be slightly embarrassing, but uh, that's fine. What, are, what is the best uh, players in the world? What does that mean, you know? There's not going to be any fans, so nobody will really see it. That's right. true. I mean, most people still watch. I know. I get it. No, um... I guess I saw one tweet where it was like, yeah, the days of just like rolling the ball out there and right. just expecting yeah, just that just the best players over. are going to carry you are not exactly. Right. I mean, you see it like there. in all phases of basketball. I mean, college, there's now hundreds of teams that are pretty good. I feel like the, the gap of talent is more parity, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many good basketball players all over the world. So well, good for them, right? Yeah. Let's get other teams involved, make it a little right. more interesting. Who do they, they, they go lose to next? I have I no know. idea. Who do they play next? I genuinely have no idea. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, don't worry about it. They're probably not going to win. I bet they do. I bet they do. I'll trust Kendrick America. Parkin. Kendrick Parkin says they win by 20. Well, there you go. Then it's, then it's gospel. Gotta, gotta yeah. they were, I think they were 28-point favorites in the game against Nigeria Sheesh. that they ended up losing to. Yeah. Well, so didn't work out. If you took Nigeria, hell of a bet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what, what's number two on the list? Um, 
So, Kraft's Mac and Cheese. You know, have you ever no uh, the ice cream company Van Leeuwen? You took it in a direction I wasn't expecting. I'm a yeah. big yeah. fan of the old Mac and Cheese, but when well, you well, say well, ice cream, yeah, so, where are we going? So, Kraft's is, is launching a Mac and Cheese flavored ice cream. Nope. Which I personally think is going to taste. Nope. It hasn't come out yet. It nope. comes out, I think, tomorrow. Don't care. That's a big no for me. Um, <laughs> so they're trying to trying to brand. Don't care. That. How many people tell me it's good? Nope. Yeah. So it's like sweet, savory, with like no artificial flavors in it. I mean, how it's ice it cream. So I don't know how. There's it's no craft ice cream. It's craft right. flavored ice. How could it not have artificial flavors? That's, that's, that's like a like, cheese powder. Right. I I have no idea. I don't know how that's going to taste. It's probably going to be disgusting if I had to guess. But so then, is it like they're sounds, trying for like a like, cheese like a cake? of that coming into a, a, a bet soon. A craft cheesecake? <laughs> is that how that works? Like, what is this? I don't know. So Van Leeuwen is, a, it's in New York. It's like a big ice cream. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me I wrong. Can... I watched Chopped. I've seen people make like savory ice creams <laughs> well, yeah, before but... with weird ingredients, but I don't know that this is the route I'd want to go with it. That no. just sounds I... all kinds of awful. <laughs> I yeah, don't disagree. No. <laughs> I think, uh, so they, Van Leeuwen actually in 2019 released a, a Popeye's flavored ice cream like i don't even know what it tastes like fried chicken like i'm not i just oh. prefer my ice cream to be sweet generally yeah it more was, of a dessert for me yeah no <laughs> so I, I think i'm gonna have to pass on that but uh, so it's just more of like a perverse interest that people right, have in I it think, i think they're trying to like get you got to try it to know you, you, you yeah. wrote that down right oh because it's gotta be I don't know if it's probably a limited run. I don't think this is going to be so high in demand that in uh, a year buy, it's still going to be in stores. You may have to buy a gallon. It's and also just put a it New in. York specific creamery. Is that how that yeah. works? So we have to travel for it. <laughs> I don't know if they road trip for any of this. I don't know. Oh man, I'll write it down though. Craft yeah, but... ice cream, kill me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, what's number three? Um, so this was actually the other day, but I just saw it yesterday because it came back with like a bunch of. Uh, I'll allow it. Yeah. So. Um, in the uh, UFC fight, Addison Rae, I don't. She's on. She's the TikTok. She, yeah, star. she's like the really I didn't famous know that. TikTok. People were yeah. upset TikTok about her. Very being upset. Yeah, uh, so she was uh, doing like an interview with Dustin Poirier after, or maybe it was before the fight actually. Okay. And she she tweeted or and posted on uh, Instagram a picture of her holding the mic and and said, "I studied broadcast yeah. journalism for in college for three whole months." This isn't just the YouTuber upset about this one. I think this was like all <laughs> over. And, this and, is more and of people the broadcasting like, industry was yeah. kind of up in arms about that. Right. So I mean, like she's kind of going out, and then she quickly followed followed that tweet up by saying, "Was it a joke? Was she joking when she did that?" So it was supposed to be a joke, okay. and then. Everyone just like kind of freaked out at first. Yeah, hard to tell these days. So then she tweeted something right after that. She got fired from the UFC as like a joke. She, uh, like she's like, oh, I got fired from the UFC for whatever, like all of this. And yeah, people yeah. are like, oh, people work there. People work years and years to try and get for to sure. this. And, and you go to whatever online school for, for three months yeah. to try and get that. So it's funny that it's good to see that she's got like a little sense of humor. So I would hope. Right? I don't know if I truly don't know. And I say I don't know. I mean, I don't know. How many TikTok stars are just famous because they're attractive, or like if they actually have like comedic? She could be in the room right now. Value? I have no idea. Oh, no, no chance. No <laughs> chance at all. She probably played in last night's softball game. She could have. <laughs> she could have. Genuinely, she have she no idea. Could have. Yeah, that was like I think I'd seen the name around, but I don't. I just didn't care enough to know what it was. And then she popped up at the UFC event. People were very upset. She had like ringside. She got. She was a. Uh, she got tape, special care right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, there you go. Congratulations to her. Yeah. I wonder if there will be any continuation of that, or whether this was just a one-time thing. But was she the one who interviewed Conor McGregor with a broken leg, or did they uh, have a more professional person do no, that? No, I think that was Dana White. Right, like right after you're so talking not about that in, much more professional. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. in the ring, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that was Dana White that that interviewed her right after. After. Well, I mean, hey, get paid however you can, people. Right. If they're offering you money, 
You might as well take it. Yeah. It's not it's not her fault that the money was offered to her. It is not. This is how our society rewards people and TikTok is certainly popular. I've never opened it, but I do catch the occasional video that gets on Twitter and they're funny sometimes. I enjoy some of the TikTok videos, but I can't tell you who any of the influencers Couldn't are. Couldn't tell you who any of them are. No. No, not I one. I think my sanity is probably better because of that for what it's worth. Uh yeah. Um you know, I, I get made fun of daily by my son, but he's like don't you know who that is? Like, I have no freaking <laughs> clue. So, great, Jack, is that like a, is that like common? Like, is that are those the new celebrities? Are your friends aware of all the TikTok stars? Is those names just? Well, she's like way above everybody else. Really? So it's like her, and then is like, she the one who steals the dances from people. She just does. She like starts the TikTok dance trends and well, then like picks them it. up. She steals them. She, she appropriates made... <laughs> them and then and then, and then she, it yeah, so yeah. then yeah. So she takes credit for all of that. But there's like a few that just like don't. there's funny guys on there. I mean, there's a I mean, there's surely, a guy yeah. that's like. Um, it's a good platform for yeah. comedians and like no, it is stuff like that. There's to like put a, content. There's like a 20 year old uh, chef who only makes pasta dishes and he does it in like a very funny. See the Italian, the overly Italian guy? Yeah. I think I've seen some videos of him. Yeah, so like, he's funny. There's a guy who's actually uh, doesn't speak on any videos <laughs> that he, he puts on TikTok. And he guy. has like a hundreds, facial, hundreds a facial of- facial reaction guy? Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it, he'll, like he'll, he'll, he'll look like a, like a really dumb video of a guy like trying to put on like a bottle cap. Yeah. And it's like he goes through all these like crazy yeah. different things rather I've than just like screw one. it on. So he, he'll be like side, yep. by, side by side one. of the video and he's just like yeah, opening up one. the video. He's on track to be the most followed person in the entire world on the app and he doesn't speak. I don't even... I, couldn't tell you. His voice sounds like. Yeah, no, I'd never heard of him. I mean, good for him if he right? if he can get that famous and doesn't have to speak. Like, yeah. no, I mean, there's a lot of different right? ways to make money these days that did not exist. Although Vine was a thing, this is sort of a continuation. Yeah, of Vine no, it is a like, a, but there's no like time limit on the videos in TikTok, right? No, it's only like the video can't be more than a minute. All right, well, a minute's more than seven seconds. Vine right. was like seven seconds. I I liked Vine back in. Vine the day. had some entertaining bits. Yeah. But a lot I mean, of people got like pretty famous off of Vine. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna begrudge anybody who finds a way to make money. You know, no. by all means, if get that's it. out there, go get it. But you know, some journalists were not too thrilled with Addison Rae uh, being able to just find her way on the red carpet at a UFC event like that. But I do think I did get the sense she was joking and knew that the three month in journalism school thing was probably not like a like legitimate. It's gotta, yeah. I would hope, right? I would hope she's not that clueless. <laughs> Yeah, but I did see that. Well, all right, Jack, appreciate you giving us those tidbits. I got to give us a call to uh, the uh, the baseball coach here for the East Carolina Pirates as we will uh, get his thoughts on the Orioles' second round pick. Uh, Connor Norby, KZ, talk a little bit about how much you love fantasy football for the second. I hate fantasy football. I just made a draft. I just I, I'm doing these. Uh, I do best ball during this time. Do you do best ball? You don't do best ball. Your 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 mic's off. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, now you know. Now we're back. Look. Okay. Now now we're good. Um. You you don't do best ball at all. Mm-mm. So best ball, uh, it's just a draft. You just draft. You draft like uh, anywhere between eighteen to twenty four rounds. No moves. It's not like you can't trade at right. Can't it's, trade. It's just like and it takes like the highest. Uh, your highest point. You don't total. start a lineup. You don't start a lineup. Yeah. It's the highest point. So during this time of the year, I use it as a as a tool. To kind of get an idea of, of where people are going in drafts, because you get a pretty good mm-hmm. idea. I mean, where where they go in drafts. So it's uh, it's fun. I'm only in 
I don't know how many I've already completed, but I'm doing ten simultaneously. You do right far now. too many of them. I think this is you're doing fewer this year, but I think I guess I you're am. Well, last year, it down last a year bit. I was in three figures. So okay, well, yeah, we should probably We're get that down, a little, that down bit. a little bit. Probably for the best. <laughs> All right, let's change gears a little bit and find out a little bit more about the number forty-one overall pick in last or I guess yesterday's. First 10 rounds of the MLB draft. Uh, Connor Norby is one of the most recent additions to the ball, assuming he signs, but there's no reason to think he will not. And the man we're about to talk to now knows him as well as just about anybody as he was his head coach at East Carolina for the past three seasons. Joining us now, he is Coach Cliff Godwin here on Glenn Clark Radio. Coach, it's Kyle and KZ here in Baltimore. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Congratulations on seeing one of your guys drafted so early. Well, thank you guys for having me, and uh, congrats to, to Norbs. I call him Norbs because uh, that's his short nickname <laughs> for me, and uh, just so happy he performed the way he did, and it's going to be a part of the or- Orioles organization. Well, we're thrilled to have him, and from what we've read, there's a lot of reason to be excited. I know that you have been coaching for quite some time, and one of your former protégés is uh, currently on a team that we don't like talking too much about, but he's a pretty good hitter in his own right, uh, this being DJ LeMayhew. And I did read that Connor Norby has the best bat-to-ball skills of any player that you've ever coached. Can you talk a little bit about just what it is that makes him so impressive and why he's going to be so much better than the Yankee? DJ Le- no, I'm joking about that part. But just what makes Connor Norby such a good hitter? At the plate. Well, first off, don't get me in trouble with DJ. <laughs> at the same age, uh, Norbs just Norbs has a little bit more power than DJ had at that age. Obviously, DJ has grown into what he is today and won two batting titles. So I hope Norbs can do that at the major league level. But he's really got a short, compact swing. He's a lot stronger than probably what he looks like in a uniform. He can run. He is uh, above average defender, if not a plus defender at second base. Uh, a lot of people, because he doesn't have to show up his arm, he's got a really good arm. I mean, he came in as a two-way player for us, and um, he's 90-plus off the mound. So he can definitely go to the left side if they wanted to move him to third base. He played some third base for us in the fall, um, some of the falls that he was here. So. I have, uh, you know, a a lot of uh, excitement for him and for the Orioles because I think he's going to do great things for the organization. You know, you look at you look at him being named the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year, led Division One with 102 hits, I believe it was. Um, you know, but it, his power came along. It, uh, you know, early on, not a whole bunch of power, but uh, in, this year, um, hitting the long ball a little bit more was is that just the maturity coming through, or was that a that a conscious effort just with a little tweak of the swing? No, it's just maturity. You know, him and I have worked together for three years. I coach the hitters here. Um, and, you know, Norbs has always been talented. He just had to grow up a little bit, mature a little bit. And of all the guys I've ever coached, probably uh, I'm as proud as him as any of them, just the way he has matured mentally. As you guys know, the game of baseball will challenge your mental state a lot, especially if you're a hitter. And, we uh, would spend a lot of time in the cages, but we also spend a lot of time in my office just talking about life and, you know, what he has put together this season offensively and just overall is really special. 
Uh, I, I caught an article where you were, were talking about, or it was about Connor specifically, obviously, but uh, how he had not really experienced being yelled at by a coach until he <laughs> got to East Carolina. And his freshman season, I think maybe things didn't come as easily as maybe he had been used to. And there were perhaps some questions as to whether or not he would be sticking around at East Carolina. You had a very candid conversation about, hey, are you going to be here? Like, we don't have anyone behind you. Um, what did he show you maturity-wise? And then how impressed were you with the work ethic that he put forward to get to where he is now? First off, you know, we used the word yell. Raise, vo- raise my voice. I would like to use better when you're on the field. you got 35 <laughs> players out there. But it's a great example for a lot of freshmen that come in our program. And I tell them, I go, hey, nobody has been, uh, you know, coached harder and – uh, criticized constructively than Connor Norby as a freshman. And then, you know, you see where he is today. Uh, the the first thing was the conversation in Cincinnati his freshman year where I said, hey, man, like, we, we're not recruiting anybody else. You know, are you transferring? And he says, coach, I'm not. And I said, well, that's awesome. And I want you here. But we got to continue to get better. And he, he made a decision to himself. He didn't tell me, he didn't tell his teammates to just show up and practice hard in the middle of his freshman year, and then he started getting in almost every game in some capacity in the spring of 2019 and started a few games. Then he, you know, started off 2020 great and then just continued to improve his game over COVID, and we would have talks and worked on the double play turn and continued to work out in the weight room and get stronger and faster. And then now you see all the hard work coming to fruition. So speaking of that hard work, you know, in some of the articles that I read and as growing up a high school baseball player that went no further, um, he reads like, we, we use the term, baseball player. Uh, high IQ, uh, great fundamentals. Um, they talked, uh, I read something, they talked about his base running. And in this particular article, it said he wasn't the fastest guy that they saw, but he would steal a base if, if the opportunity arose and was really smart on the base pass. Uh you know, you look at this at this kid. You know, fifty six straight uh, games on base. Uh, talk a little bit about him off the field. I mean, is this a, as we like to call a gym rat? Always, you know, first one to get there, last one to leave, things like that. He, he loves the game of baseball, and uh, he he grew up in his early ages in Minnesota, so. I know his favorite team will now flip to the Orioles, but <laughs> he could tell you everything that was going on with the Twins, and I would joke with him and when they'd make a trade or something, be like, hey, like, are you good with that? And uh, he, he, he loves the game of baseball. Uh, he watches it. He loves Major League Baseball. And, you know, he's just really continued to improve his game. And that's the thing about a base running. He's actually fast, but because he swings hard and he's trying to do damage, he doesn't necessarily get down the line great, but his still times are a lot better than his times running home to first. So I think it would be fair to say that you probably might brush back at the idea that this is sort of a one-tool player, that only his hit tool is what might carry him to the major leagues. I, I think Norbs is very versatile. He can do a lot of different things to help you win baseball games. And I don't manage in the big leagues, but I like guys that can – do a lot of different things to help you win games in college. So I think he can be very versatile and move around on the field. And I think he can steal some bases. I know that's not a big thing with major league teams now, but he definitely can steal some bases and hit doubles and hit home runs and drive people in.
So, uh, you know, you, you talked about that, and, and we've read a lot about it, and, you know, again, uh, I'll be honest, everything I've seen from him um, is on a highlight reel, and we kind of go by, uh, we, have, we have gentlemen like you on to, to tell us what's true and what's not, but um, skills, uh, defensive skills, uh, second base, third base, um, is this a kid that could uh, find himself in all three uh, infield positions? It is, and, you know, people ask, well, why didn't he play shortstop for you? Well, he, he just kind of grew up as a second baseman, and, yeah, he probably needs a little work on his feet, you know, at short, but he played in some games for us at short when we would put our shortstop in who pitched for us as well, and, and Norb sometimes would slide over there. So I, I have, you know, with some work, I think he can do anything on the infield, and, of course, he could play left or right or center. I mean, if he, he had to, I know that's not why they're drafting him, but – I think he's a baseball player, and I think he can definitely uh, take coaching. And um, if you're in our program, you have to be able to take coaching because we're always trying to get the most out of him. I think I saw a statistic that said that he had 13 games with three or more hits and only seven with zero hits. Was there anything on the team where it was like on days where he had zero hits? Did you guys have any like rituals that you'd be like, guys, this is one of those like rare days? Or like was it just almost a foregone conclusion that when he was up to bat, it was more surprising that he wasn't on base than he was? Definitely more surprising that he wasn't on base. And as a coach, you know, I mean, the year he put together – you know, you're you're expecting a slump or you're expecting just a little fall off. I mean, he was hitting close to 500 for a long time during the season, and he just kept being consistent and just kept swinging the bat. And, and a lot has to go. He's got great hand eyes, got a short swing. He's strong at contact. He hits the ball to all fields, which has allowed him to have that kind of base, that, that batting average, which we don't talk a lot about here. We just won't quality at bats and driving runs and score runs so but just the way his swing is set up he, he can take fastballs with like really good velocity that are middle in and drive them out to center field right center field and then if you hang him an off speed pitch then he can hurt you to pull side and that's how kind of dj lemayhew's swing was set up you know people knocked his power when he was coming out of lsu and I just would always say he's going to continue to grow into his swing, and he pulled off-speed home runs and hit fastballs away out. So, And that's kind of how Norris' swing is set up. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw a stat that said it was whether it was against breaking ball, off-speed, or fastball, his OPS was, I mean, over 900, and he was hitting the ball incredibly well regardless. I mean, I guess you can't hit 400 unless that's right. the case. <laughs> um, so then how how quickly do you expect him to – hit the ground running when he reaches the minor league level? Well, that's that's tough to say. I know that a lot of things go into play with that, with, you know, who you guys have in your organization and, you know, how fast you want to move him and stuff. But, I mean, Alec Burleson for us was the 70th pick overall. He was in high A, um, you know, for about 14 days this year and already in double A. Didn't have the 2020 season because of COVID and, uh, Norbs is as good a hitter as Burley is, and so uh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if he moves fast. I like the sound of that yeah. from, your, from your lips to God's ear, yeah. Coach. We look forward to uh, seeing him in Camden Yards, hopefully sooner than later. As uh, you know, I mean, the hit tool is certainly impressive, but the more you talk about him, his makeup, and what he brings to the field defensively on the base pass, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot to dislike when it comes to Connor Norby. 
Definitely not. And I was able to coach uh, Adley Rushman and uh, the 2018 collegiate national team. So I'd, I'd like to come up to Camden Yards sooner than later and watch both those guys play. Well, now you're talking our language. Yeah, you there, say there those, you go. There you say go. those two <laughs> names in succession in Baltimore, you're going to get all the ears perked up. No, there's a lot to be excited about here with the Baltimore Orioles, and they've only done – a lot of work in the past day or two to add to that excitement, and Connor Norby certainly feels like a big part of that excitement. So definitely appreciate you taking that time here this morning to shine a little light on just what we can come to expect from him on the baseball diamond. And congratulations again to you and your program on uh, seeing the, uh, the success that you guys have had come to fruition here. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, you've got another Orioles fan down here because, uh, you know, I just pull for the guys that have played for us, so I'll definitely be pulling for the Orioles now. Well, Coach, we really appreciate it. Thank you again for taking the time, and best luck to you in your program, all right? Thank you, guys. Thank you. There he goes. Connor, excuse me, Cliff Godwin, the head coach at East Carolina, talking a little bit about the Orioles' second-round pick, Connor Norby, and truly, um, like he said, there's a lot to like about his profile as a hitter, but even a little bit more maybe than they was given credit to as far as the defense was concerned. Interesting to hear that yeah. the arm is maybe a little better than expected because I know a lot of people were saying it's second base or bust, but, and granted, right, there's no guarantee he's going to slide over to shortstop. I'd bet against it for what it's no, worth. No, but third base sounded like it was a, it was a possibility, and, and, you know, Coach even said, you know, his, his arm is, is, is a plus arm. So um, I'll, I'll trust that over somebody that, you know, look, he's not going to say anything demeaning against his player but at the same time he's going to give us the truth of what he's been seeing on the field um and, and you know even with the comparison that that you you uh gave him with dj lemayhew um he was like you know hey you know right at his age let's clarify what <laughs> what he really said um at his age you know you know uh you know, Connor is is more advanced than DJ was at at, at the same time. So, and they seem know. to be somewhat similar, as he mentioned about yeah, the way yeah, that it they sounds like it all feels take off speed and yeah. pull it, take yep. the other one the other way, and that just sounds like a big league approach at the plate from Connor Norby. So, it's not not like we we have a lot of second base depth in the organization. You know, it's interesting, right? Like inevitably, the shortstops if they hit. Right. And there's a shortstop already there. They can slide over to second base, no problem. Good. So the likes of Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg, yeah. if Anthony Servideo yeah. gets it, you know, playing. I mean, all of that is an option. Interesting to see how it all shakes out. But definitely a quality addition to the system and the farm system in Connor Norby and a guy that people had, you know, put on wish lists as early as the 20s in the first round as for, like, people who were just acknowledged that in a draft where there were not that many you know, 60 hit tools at the college right, level. Right. This guy was arguably the best hit tool of any of them. Well, Monday show, I forgot who it was, but somebody brought him up in one of our conversations that he could, that they could see Norby being a target uh, of the Orioles should he still be on the board when they pick. So well, lo and behold, yep, and he was there the guy. He is. All right. We're going to take our final break here in a second. On the other side, we will chat with Bowie Bay Sox outfielder Robert Newstrom about the season that he's had so far and the Bay Sox have had as they've been knocking the cover off the ball collectively and throwing some gas on the mound. Uh, today's show is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. On the other side, like I said, Robert Newstrom will join us. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We're Glenn Clarkless Radio. Kyle Lottenheimer and Ken Zalis will be right back. 
Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it. Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Ty Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great, the number eight, letter S, Memorabilia.com. And remember, you always have a chance to be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover thomas kenzora profiles university of maryland quarterback talia tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the terps to big 10 prominence this year also inside bo smolka breaks down the ravens offensive line a look at coppin state's olympic connection and much more press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com.
All right, we are back here, Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at Pressbox. Today's show is also brought to you by the BMW Championship and the PGA Tour's top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at bmwchampionship.com. Excited uh, to chat with our next guest here as he has made waves down at Bowie among a lot of really good baseball players as the Bay Sox have been one of the best teams in all of minor league baseball. And it is thanks in part to our next guest. He is outfielder Robert Newstrom, and he joins us now here on GCR. Robert, it's Kyle and KZ here in Baltimore. Thanks so much for taking some time for us this morning, man. Hey, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Excited to be on the show. Definitely. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the season that you are having because it has been damn impressive, if we're being honest. I know that you had some injury difficulties in 2019, and then obviously with the pandemic, there was no baseball in 2020. But in 2021, you have made a lot of people take note of just the type of player that you are. Can you talk a little bit about how good it feels to you know, see your results and all the hard work that you've put in pay off in this 2021 season? Yeah, man, I got to say it, uh, it definitely feels good, you know, coming off of a long off season uh, due to COVID. But, um, you know, I guess the biggest part has been being on this buoy team, like you said a minute ago, there's so much talent surrounding everybody. And, you know, it kind of pushes you to your limits every day. Um, we got a really good coaching staff that really works on our individual needs and stuff like that. And I've been able to really benefit from that. You know, I mean, even this season hasn't came with its uh, roller coaster rides with, you know, ups and downs in performance. But at the end of the day, um, I'm able to go in there, uh, you know, get my good work in and, you know, see my see my performance, uh, you know, expand on the field. So it's been it's been a fun year, man. And I just want to keep it up. So, what were the th- what was the pandemic like for for a minor league baseball player? I mean, you know, you lose your season. If I'm you, you weren't at the. Were you at the alternate site last year? No, I was not at the alternate site. So then, yeah, then talk a little bit. How did you stay ready? Like, what were you, what were you doing to make sure that you weren't going to come back in 2021? You know, behind. Yeah, you know, I really had to take advantage of it. Um, in 2019, uh, with six games left in the season, I ended up dislocating my shoulder, uh, non-throwing shoulder. Um, thank goodness. But I really wanted to take advantage of that extended time. But at the same, with the same token, um, we were kind of on call, you know, 24-7 throughout that whole time. You know, they kind of kept us on our toes, like, be ready. You know, we don't know what can happen. Um, there's really no blueprint for this, so just be ready if we want to call you guys back. And um, obviously, they had the alternate site. I wasn't able to go to that, but I wanted to make do on my own terms um, to make sure I was getting the proper work I needed to get in. So I actually have a good buddy. He's with the he's in the Diamondbacks organization. Um, he's a pitcher, and he lived, he was living out in North Carolina. And I linked up with a training group out there and was able to get live at bats in the fall. Um, I went down to Florida early because I'm from Iowa. So uh, it gets pretty cold in the winter. So I'm not able to get outside. So I was like, all right, well, let's get in some warm weather. Let's thaw out a little bit and, you know, see what things look like outdoors. So uh, I decided to go down there. So, you know, I truly think I made the most of it. Um, You know, like I said, there really wasn't a blueprint for it. So I just wanted to make sure my body was ready. Um, 
in my mind was ready. Was there anything particularly in your offensive game that you were – I know your power is starting to show out a little bit more. You have seven homers already this year. Were you putting an emphasis on anything in particular, or was it more of just a complete approach? You know, I've always kind of taken pride in that complete approach. Um, in the off season, it's kind of – you know, it's difficult to work on something like power because um, I guess I don't want to – I don't want to say that wrong, but – Something like that can be easily, easily messed up if you don't have a, you know, a good eye watching you while you do it. Because obviously, you know, you see a lot of guys who come in and, you know, they try and hit home runs or you can tell they've totally changed their swing to, you know, attempt to hit home runs. But, you know, there's so it's such a meticulous, batting is so meticulous. And when it comes to, you know, elevating the ball, it takes a lot more than just your own help. So I've been doing a lot of work this season to kind of expose that I've made some adjustments mid season um, that as of late have really helped me put the ball in the air. And um, yeah, I kind of credit, you know, our hitting coach here at Bowie, uh, Ryan Fuller. He's helped me out a lot. Um, and obviously it's good to have coaches to be able to see your own potential to put in the hours with you and stuff like that. So I really think these adjustments I've made mid season have helped me the most with the power numbers. Yeah, not only the power numbers, but you you look at you know your overall average. You you have uh, I believe it's seven stolen bases so far, or, or maybe even more than that um, uh, at this point. But you you look to me, it looks like you're a gap to gap hitter with the you know you also have 14 doubles uh, on the year. Uh, describe for those in uh, you know in listening and you know haven't come across your name haven't been down to a game at Bowie which by the way is a tough ticket these days to 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 grab um describe yourself as a player for us I just want to play hard man (laughs) I think um I think if you come to a game you know I've always kind of taken pride in playing hard and uh leaving it all out there you know if I go for four if I go three for four I don't have that same mentality leaving the ballpark as I came in with, you know, did I play hard? Um, you know, can people tell that I love the game, you know, and I, and that's really what I want to show because I think if you can show that and you can show that you're truly enjoying the game, uh, ultimately the results will come. You uh, have had two separate double digit game hit streaks as well as I think like a 16 game on base streak. Uh, I mean, you talk about the approach in general, right, trying to be consistent. I have to think that it's rewarding to see those sort of results come back and uh, it lets you know that you're kind of on the right path, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, Consistency is huge. Uh, I think everybody likes a consistent hitter, you know. Um, Crazy, right? You know, yeah, something, (laughs) you know, something that really helps you with that is just play discipline, man. Um, Being able to get up there and, you know, see the ball and hit the ball if it's in your zone, you know, put a good swing on it, um, you know, put it somewhere where the, where the defense is, mm-hmm. and obviously way easier said than done. <laughs> but also taking your walks when you can get them. Uh, you know, there's been times in my career where I've been a little reluctant to walk just because I've trusted my bat so much, you know. I've been that guy who likes to foul off balls, mm-hmm. um, on three, two counts, just because I trust myself to, you know, blast the ball in the gap instead of, you know, just jogging on the first base. But, you know, to get on base 16 games in a row, you got to take those walks. 
And, you know, that's been probably one of the biggest, one of the best adjustments I've made is just staying disciplined at the plate. You uh, also recently were moved up in the order. I know you were batting about seventh or eighth to start the year. You're now sitting uh, right in the prime spot, three and four. I have to think it uh, doesn't hurt to have Adley Rutschman batting in front of or behind you, but talk a little bit about just what that change has been like for you and uh, why you've been able to have such success even moving into a more you know, pressure-filled scenario. Right. Uh, yeah, so at the beginning of the year, I was hitting around you know, three, four, and five. Um, okay. And then I kind of went through a little, yeah, I kind of went through a little dip and uh, got bumped down in the lineup for, you know, a considerable amount of time. And, you know, I just kind of used it as my motivation, you know, like at the same time, like this is such a good team. You know, if you're not on your P's and Q's and if you're not going to stay on your P's and Q's, <laughs> you're ultimately going to either get bumped down in the lineup or you might even find a bench a couple times. So um, I just kind of used it to motivate me. Um, and you know, now I'm back up there. Doesn't mean I'm going to stay up there. So, you know, I just got to keep working hard and, you know, continuing to focus on the things that have helped me, you know, get back in that position because any, any hitter, if you ask any hitter at this level, you know, that's where they want to be. They want to be towards the top of the lineup. They want to be that guy that, you know, is able to make that immediate impact in the first inning, um, second inning, whatever it may be. So, you know, I like hitting there. It's it's a fun pressure situation. You know, pitchers pitch around you. They give you their best stuff. Um, you just got to be up for the challenge. So, Oriole fans are, are, you know, over the moon excited about what's going on at Bowie and all the prospects, including yourself, that, you know, we're, we're, we're daydreaming about all coming up at the same time and turn around this organization. Talk about what it's like to be part of a, you know, do you guys feel the pressure? Do you pay attention to the, the, the major league club? And, and do you talk about, you know, all playing in the major leagues together and coming up together and kind of keep what seemingly is building and buoy and taking it through the major leagues? Right. Yeah. I think that's a great question. Um, you know, I can't really say we really feel that pressure. Uh, and I say that in the best way possible. I think we, you know, it's a testament to what kind of, you know, guys we have on the team. I think we all kind of use pressure to our advantage. Um, you know, we got a lot of talent, you know, talent has never been the question in Bowie and, you know, we worked hard down here and, you know, I think, I think with those two mixed together, you know, the hard work and talent, I know it's said all the time, but, you know, if that, if that combines, you know, what pressure can you really feel? So we're just having fun down here, man, and trusting ourselves, trusting our coaches, um, you know, and truly just trusting the process. Um, it doesn't hurt to have the top prospect in all of baseball, right? Like Adley Rutschman, for all of the accolades and all of the success that he's experienced, when we talk to people about him, they really can't say enough about how he's just one of the guys, right, and just wants to be treated like everybody else. Is it refreshing to see, and what's it like to be around him on a day-to-day basis, and how supportive of a teammate is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rush is great, man. I mean, you know, you – I'm sure everybody has a stigma around, you know, 1-1, you know, an idea about, you know, what type of guy is, you know, the first pick overall. But, you know, Rush is just like one of us. He's just a college guy who got drafted as a junior, um, and it happened to be 1-1. <laughs> but he's a great dude. He's a, he's a good leader. Uh, works really hard. I mean, geez, I think the first game he sat out, 
was just this last week, and the dude's catching for most of the week. So, I mean, his body's got to be feeling it, and, you know, he never complains. He just puts his nose to the grindstone, and, you know, to have to have one one act like that, you know, that, that makes waves throughout the team. So, he's a great dude. Love having him on the team. So, you were, you know, uh, taken in a 2018 draft in the fifth round, and, you know, you've gone through – you know the 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 minor leagues. You know at a, at a good pace. I mean, you 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 went from you know as you normally do. You start off in the in the low A, half a season or a full season in the in the in the high A, and now you're in Bowie. What you know? We just we're, we're one one day away from finishing the current Major League Baseball draft. What would you? What kind of advice would you give to the guys that are just being drafted, coming into an organization like the Orioles organization as they start their major leagues careers? Well, yeah, it's, it's funny because yeah, in eighteen I was kind of drafted by the old regime, and then the new regime came in, and obviously they're doing a spectacular job. So I would just tell them, you know, be ready to work. Um, you know, this team drafted you; they obviously trust you as a player, and you know, obviously draft day is fun. It's exciting. But, you know, it ends pretty fast. So be ready to work, you know, and um, just realize that the draft is in the end of the tunnel. And, you know, ultimately the goal should be making an impact at the major league level. So, you know, it's an exciting time for a lot of those guys. Whenever the draft comes around, I kind of remember my time getting drafted and how excited I was because, you know, I started as – I went to Iowa as a walk-on mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of never really thought, at, you know, for most of my life that I'd even get drafted. So, you know, enjoy it, but at the same time, be ready to work because it never stops. I was reading up on you a little bit this morning and I saw that uh, you were a three-sport athlete in high school before you got to Iowa. And uh, we've talked to the likes of Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson. They've been also partaking in a lot of uh, trash talking. When it comes to the basketball court, I saw you were a 1,500-point scorer in basketball in high school. Would you like to uh, throw your hat in the ring as far as who might be the best basketball player in the Orioles minor league system? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Throw me out there. I think those guys are all talk, man. It's uh, (laughs) put Put me in the starting five against any of those guys. I, I assemble a good team. Pat Dorian, he played college basketball. He's my road roommate. He's my roommate at home. Me and him, we assemble a team. Uh, we'll, we'll take on <laughs> All right. Is it true that Grayson Rodriguez is the biggest trash talker on the entire team? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty good at it, though. You better <laughs> respect it. Um, obviously, it's all within good taste, but he's pretty good at it. And it's funny, too, because, you know, he's like, he's one of the youngest on the team, too. <laughs> so, it's you know, we got – this 21-year-old picking on us, you know, 23, 24-year-old. So it's a little – it's goofy, but he backs it up. Yeah, I guess if he pitches well as he does, you might be able to try to talk a little trash, right? He backs it up, yep. <laughs> well, Robert, this has been a lot of fun, man. Really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Really look forward to watching you further ascend through the system and look forward to watching you in an Orioles uniform when you make it to Baltimore, man. Keep killing it, all right? Hey, appreciate your guys' support and – uh Like I said, thanks again for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. There he goes. Robert Newstrom, the Bowie Bay Sox outfielder, a guy who has made a lot of people make and take notice of just how good of a player he is. 
And uh, we're brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows plus no money down. Make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, it's the perfect fit. You know, I love talking to, to minor league guys, you know, that are, you know, you get to the major leagues, you, you, you hope that they're still having fun, and you can flat out tell that he's just having fun playing with the Bowie Bay Sox. Definitely. Close-knit group, um, you know, joke around with each other. I love to hear about the, the trash talking and everybody taking it in good fun. That's what, that's what it's supposed to be. It's a game, you know, I know it's their profession, but at the end of the day, it's a game supposed to be fun. Definitely, and it's, um, you know, it's nice to, to hear that the pressure isn't really affecting them, right? Like, look, all eyes are on the Orioles' minor league system for good reason. It's not like the major league team has put a lot forward that's given you hope and optimism. There's obviously a few stories here and there, but the, the minor leagues are the future of this organization, and it definitely is exciting to see guys not only like Rutschman and Rodriguez and Hall who have proven that they are as good as they are, but to see guys like Newstrom who are now staking claim to a real chance to be a part of this rebuild. And we talk about outfield prospects maybe not being as plentiful. Like He is near the top of the list of guys right now for who you would think could be threatening those spots at the major league level. Now, for what it's worth, the Bowie Bay Sox return home July 20th for six games against Hartford uh, before going back on the road. They start back up after the break, uh, actually, this tonight uh, at Erie, but they return home on the 20th. So if you want to catch them, I would definitely recommend it. They definitely have a good time over there at Bowie. I know every Wednesday they have uh, – you can bring your dogs to the ballpark. So if you have a dog and you want to watch some baseball, go out to Bowie on July 21st and catch them. Uh, certainly a lot of talent that's worth watching over there with the Bay Sox. So appreciate him taking the time and uh, look forward to continue to watch him progress through the Orioles' minor league system. All right. It's about time we start winding down on the course of today's show. Obviously, we've been broadcasting from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Uh, today's show was brought to you by Exxon Mobile. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Uh, we will go into the normal wind-down portion of today's show with a little bit of tidbit, a little bit of trivia. Always fun. Uh, I know you guys saw that Trey Mancini hit 59 home runs last night. 59. 59. 59. More than I've ever hit in my entire life and could dream of hitting, so congratulations to him. That was certainly a good time. Uh, tidbit of the day is brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. And I said it once, I'll say it again. Celebrate the return to training camp with a crab feast featuring Baltimore edge rusher Tyus Bowser at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, where for $108 you get a crab feast with Maryland steamed crabs, a buffet of Jimmy's Seafood favorites, an open bar, and your VIP meet and greet with Ravens edge rusher Tyus Bowser. $108 gets you all of that, which just seems damn near impossible, but it's the reality. So make sure to go out on July 25th, and the event benefits Casey Cares and cannot be missed. So get your tickets now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights, the number eight memorabilia. Dot com. Tidbit. KZ. Yes. 
Got a little bit of trivia action for you. I don't expect you to be able to name the colleges that have produced the most MLB draft prospects because, frankly, I don't know who could. But for what it's worth, South Carolina, Louisville, Arkansas are three schools with six players drafted for the first ten rounds. The two with seven drafted for the first two rounds. you want to take a crack? This year? Yeah. No. Florida and Texas Tech lead the charge. Vanderbilt has five. They would probably been the team most people would yeah, guess. Yeah. But yeah, Florida and Texas Tech have produced the most for or draft picks so far this year. Of course, the All-Star game will be tonight and uh, the American League will look to continue their run of success. They have now won seven consecutive All-Star games, which really holds no value since they've changed it from hosting home field advantage, but still impressive, and they have a 19-3-1, apparently there was a tie at one point, edge over the National League since 1997. Of course, last night, Pete Alonzo, back-to-back home run derby champion, despite there being three years in that time, but by doing so, he became the first person to pass 100 derby home runs all time in route to his win last night. He has 131 now. I imagine by the time his career is done, he'll have 500 of those, the way they do this format. But my question for you, KZ, with Alonzo being the third player ever to win consecutive home run derby titles, Mm -hmm. can you name the other two? And I'll give you a hint and say they've come in the past 25 years. Griffey's won three. Were any of them back-to-back? Ken Griffey Jr. is indeed one of the two. He was the more older of the two, so if you have a memory here, maybe you'll exercise it and see if you can remember the other one. I don't. um... To be fair, I had forgotten he did this, but he did do it. This player is no longer on an MLB roster, I don't think. Or if he is, he's just hurt all the time. Oh, well, that's not the person I was thinking of. I was going to say Prince Fielder, but that would be wrong. <laughs> it is not Prince Fielder. Um, yeah, he's a free agent for what it's worth. Hmm. I'll have a hint if you need it. So yeah, I'm going to need a hint. He's from Cuba. doesn't help a whole lot. Well, that's a hint for you. It is a hint. Um, uh, Cuba, one back-to-backs. God. Jack, do you have a guess? I don't even know if you know baseball players. Um, I'm trying to think of, of like power hitters. That like he is a power hitter, or he was a power hitter. And he's not in the league? No longer in the league. Dealt with a lot of injuries later in his career after he got paid by one team in the... See the guy on the East Coast. He's not Cuban, so my my guess is wrong. This guy has played on both coasts. Started his career on the West, finished on the East. Wow. Because all my guesses were like. Because I know like Todd Frazier went crazy one year. Todd Frazier did. He won it in Cincinnati. Stanton's still playing. I don't think he ever won a home run derby, though. He didn't? I don't think so. I remember he competed in one and disappointed. Hmm. Pressed, tried too hard, you know? Uh, I 
The only other guy I was going to say, but he's wrong, was Ortiz because I know he had some success. Not Ortiz. This player infamously, when he was uh, eligible to sign after defecting from Cuba, put out a workout video that got a lot of people all hot oh, and bothered. Now I don't. Now I know his name, but I can't remember. <laughs> Darn it! Oh, I'm not good with names anyway. No, you're not. But I, but I know. I know you're going to say it. I'm going to hit myself. Well, don't hit yourself, Casey. Don't want to get any concussions. You know. Fair enough. You give up? Yeah, I do. Formerly an Oakland Athletic, before finishing his career with the New York Mets, he is none other than Ioannis Cespedes, Cespedes. who at 35 is no longer in Major League Baseball, but he was back-to-back home run derby champions in 2013 and 2014. So, there you have it, KZ. Sorry to say. Well, I got one. That's better than I normally do. Yeah, I suppose that is true. <laughs> uh, all right. Tubular. Totally tubular. Brought to you by Sports and Social MD. And Sports and Social MD is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at live casino and hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. It is the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers, and they have raised the bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Uh, Raised the sports bar, if you will. Come see for yourself. Book for your tables now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Totally tubular tonight, of course. The MLB All-Star Game is on Fox at 7.30. Cedric Mullins will be a starter, hitting ninth and playing center field, deservedly so as he will take the field in Colorado among the rest of the best players in baseball. Shohei Otani will be the starter for the American League, squaring off against Max Scherzer for the National League. Should be a good time. Uh, On Fox Sports 1, there's the CONCACAF Gold Cup as Cutter and Panama square off at 7. Honduras and Granada follow at 9 o'clock. On NBC Sports Network, now or perhaps already over, the Tour de France Stage 16 started at 7.30 this morning. I can't tell you if that's on still. Uh, At 6 o'clock tonight, though, Argentina and USA Basketball. Speaking of who will USA play next, they will play the team that outed them in the 2000 and whichever, I don't know, 14? I think 2014 sounds right. I think they won the gold that year. Uh, Olympics. Uh, USA and Argentina tonight at 6 as they try and right the ship. Uh, USA has WWE NXT at 8 o'clock. As far as your non-sports is concerned, on CW you have The Flash at 8, Food Network Chopped at 9 o'clock. You've got the Capital One College Bowl as Peyton Manning quizzes college students. That's on NBC. It's actually an entertaining show. I haven't watched any of it. We we, we taped it and watched it for the first time last night. You like it? It wasn't bad. Peyton Manning's a pretty funny guy. He is, and and, uh, his brother's a good straight man, so it's good. Oh, they're both involved? Yeah. I didn't realize. Is it Cooper, right? Cooper. Yeah, okay. Not Connor. (laughs) Cooper. Uh, Connor Norby, of course, was who we talked about today. Cooper Manning is who you are talking about. Uh, Shark Week continues, 8 o'clock. There's something called Mother Sharker. I don't know what they could be referring to. Uh, There's Brad Paisley's Shark Country. Literally no idea what that means. 
and uh, the spawn of El Diablo for an over-dramatized name there. But everyone enjoys Shark Week, so from 8 to 10, be sure to catch those on Viceland, something called Unknown Amazon with Pedro Andrade. Uh, journalist Pedro Andrade travels to the center of the Amazon rainforest to learn about uh, a tribe of native people. I'm sure that's going to be great for them. Uh, that's at 10 o'clock on Viceland. Anything else of note? Not particularly. Everything else, just go ahead and check it out at glennclarkradio.com. Well, that'll do it uh, for today's show. Happy National French Friday. Oh, well, great. I needed to know. You did. National French Friday, evidently. Everybody go poison yourselves with French fries. Uh, Thanks to everybody. Thanks to our guests on today's show. Of course, we had Nick Ferderis. We had uh, Cliff Godwin and then Robert Newstrom. But we basically got to get that tweet out and tag Grayson and DL, see if we can get some trash talk going between these guys. Uh, You can find all of that in the greatest hits section of the archives at glennclarkradio.com. On tomorrow's show, we are hoping to chat with Coppin State alum Anthony Tark, who has been making the rounds in his NBA draft visits. His stock has been rising, and he is hoping to hear his name called in the 2021 NBA draft, as he is certainly impressed in his workouts and had an incredible season with the MEAC Player of the Year last year after leading Coppin State to uh, their best season in quite some time and certainly under Juan Dixon. So we're hoping to do that. I believe we're going to chat with Tyler Nevin, the uh, Norfolk Tides reliever, former son of Phil Nevin, about his season so far as he's played well. He had a taste of some big league action at one point this year as well. So looking forward to that. And then uh, we will talk to author, uh, the name escapes me, to author Susie Petruli, who wrote a book about just what it takes to be a, and that's not her name, I'm an idiot, it's fine. We're going to talk to an author of a book who talked about what it takes to succeed at the soccer level as uh, looking forward to getting her thoughts on her recent book and uh, hearing a little bit about everything that it's about. But that's all tomorrow on Glenn Clark Radio. And that is her name, by the way, so I'm not an idiot. Susie Petruli Putrucelli. Oh, we'll figure it out by tomorrow. I'll be sure to ask, and I won't have KZ pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, don't have me ask. Yeah. Thanks to all of our sponsors and partners, U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Grade 8's Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, and your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. New episodes of Jobbing Out uh, available in the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com. Thanks to KZ. Thanks to Young Jack, as always, for his work. Uh, Look forward to doing it again tomorrow. Uh, Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.